We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. To turn defence into attack, Johnson has covered. It's swept baby. How about it for John Rahm? Rahm wins the Masters Marathon. Walsh. It's a chance for Watara! Absolutely incredible! Dongo Watara with his first goal for Bournemouth in the fifth minute of stoppage time. Cleary's there again. He wants it now. The strike He's is it. Now, Overnight Scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning everyone, I'm Ray Thomas and welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Dean Ritchie right alongside me. So much to talk about over the next three hours. Plenty happening in the world of sport. Dean Ritchie, good morning. I know you've said it a few times this season, the start to this, the 2023 NRL season, probably the best you can remember. It seems every weekend we get these extraordinary cliffhangers. And yesterday, Penrith getting out of jail, I think is probably a fair way of putting it. 16, 15 over, a very brave and I dare I say, Dino, an unlucky Newcastle. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, terrific game up there. Uh, at Newcastle, mm. Ray, Nathan Cleary, the Iceman, Unbelievable. comes again, mm. pinches it from under Newcastle's nose. Yes, the standard of football, Ray, out of this world still, despite the refereeing stuff-ups yet again in our great game, bringing our great game to its knees. What, but what let's did, talk what, about what that did you, later. What did, no one talk about it now, because you text something, was it on Friday night, I think? During the Seagull Storm game? Oh, some of those sin bins, Ray. Mm. You're hitting players off the ball late. They wouldn't have popped a pimple, for goodness <laughs> sake. Let's grow up as a game. Let's not get too stupid about this. Putting blokes in the sin bin was ridiculous. And what about last night? A hair pull. Mm. Tyson, uh, Tyson Brazil goes to grab a jumper. Jerome Lewis hairs down halfway down his back. <laughs> and he gets penalised for that. Technically, it's correct, but gee, there was it was fourteen no eight, right? There was no intent, there was no malice. Penrith got off the next set of six. Fourteen, all they win yeah. the game. It was a decider. Mm. I mean, for goodness' sake, can't we have some discretion from the bunker and a little bit of bloody common sense? But drives me insane. The bunker, they keep sticking their nose in. But you know what? I'm not going to get bogged down by the bunker okay. today, right? All right. Let's be positive. Let's talk footy. Another ripping weekend, and as you say, mate, the Panthers. They were unbelievable last night. And Nathan Cleary, mm. is he becoming, Ray, the greatest player of his generation? There's a, a lot more people much better qualified than me who are saying that. And I think it was Andrew Johns late last year who said by the time he retires, he could be the greatest player the game has seen. And certainly he does things on the football field which are remarkable. We'll just we'll quickly recap what's happened so far in this weekend's round of the NRL. Back on Thursday night... It, it, using that cliche, 
Dino, it was a game of two halves. The Dolphins led 14-6 at halftime, blown off the park by South Sydney, 36-14. When Souths are in that mood, Dino, they can do that. The Sharks, 22 of the Roosters, 12. That was a terrific game on Friday night. The Seagulls, 18 over the Storm, made also both those games so high in intensity and Good old-fashioned, tough rugby league. And then yesterday, the Warriors, they keep winning, Dino. 22-14, the Cowboys keep losing. They're in a rut, the Cowboys. Penrith, as we said, 16 over the Knights, 15. And the Broncos, 43 over the Titans, 26. Just back to Thursday night, um, South in that second half, absolutely brilliant. And it sets up this blockbuster on Thursday against Penrith. Yeah, Cody was very good. Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell worked nicely into the game in the second half. There was that controversial moment, though, Ray, about uh, Campbell Graham's Mm. second try Mm. when he caught the kick on the full and bowled Ewan Aitken over. I thought it was a penalty. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Look, he he only had eyes for the ball. I get that. Mm. But just because you've only got eyes for the ball doesn't mean you can trample whoever is in front of you, yeah. in my humble opinion. So I thought they got the rub yeah. of the green. But South were brilliant, mate. As you said, quite rightly, Ray, when they get in the mood, South, mm-hmm. they can put anyone to the sword. Yeah, that, they are great to watch. I, I thought those two games on Friday were just terrific to watch if you love your footy and you love your intensity, the competitiveness of both games. The Sharks 22, Roosters 12, Seagulls 18, Storm 8, as I said. Great photo on the front page of the Sunday Telegraph Sport lift out this morning, Dino. Angus Crichton back in reserves. That's good news for the Roosters. Yeah, it certainly was. It was great to see Angus back playing uh, down there at Henson Park. Uh, Diagnosed, of course, with bipolar disorder Mm. in February, Ray. We haven't seen him for a long time. A wonderful bloke, wonderful player. Uh, He didn't do a lot in the game. But that wasn't the point. The point yeah. was, Ray, he's back playing the sport that he loves. Fantastic. Yeah. His uh, mind is obviously clearer than what it was. And I don't think it'll be too far away before mm. we see him back in the NRL. It's interesting. Watching that game was Nico Hines after his starring role on Friday night for the Sharks. And he went up to Angus Crichton afterwards, and which was great scenes, and wished him all the best. So a couple of stories in the last couple of days, Dino, about the potential line-up for the New South Wales Blues and the halves. Big story this, I think. Nico Hines, who is an elite player, the reigning Dalian medalist, and since his return, he's just picked up where he's left off with the Sharks. He'd be happy to play six and Cleary seven um, for the Blues at origin level. So I don't know what your thoughts are. Obviously, Cleary and Luai um, have that great combination at Penrith, but I think... Nico Hines deserves a spot somewhere in that Blues team. He was very close last year. Yeah. I think he might have been 18th or 19th man. Dalian medal winner last year. This year he's just picked up where he left off. Look, I have no doubt this year at some point Nico Hines will be a New South Wales Blue. Whether it's for game one, I don't know. Mm. Whether he plays six, Ray, or they stick with the Penrith connection, maybe have Nico play a 14 role yeah. off the bench. He'll be there. Mm. He'll be there somewhere, Ray. It's just a matter of whether they want to put him in the starting side or bring him off the bench. Geez, good player to watch, Nico. Wonderful. Hines. Great ambassador for the game too. Two games to complete this weekend's round of NRL. The Raiders take on the Dragons at 2pm. 4.05pm, Eels take on the Bulldogs. We're going out to that game this afternoon. So Big crowd out there yet again. Great crowds again, Ray. Yeah. Sell out at Seabus. Mm. Sell out in Newcastle. Uh, sell out at Shark Park, albeit the ground capacity yep. is minimal. 
I think it was a sellout at Brookvale too. It was a Again, huge crowd at Brookie. Yeah. That was minimal. And yeah. I think you'll find there'll be a massive crowd out there at Colmbank this afternoon exactly, for the yeah. old rivals. Yeah, no, of course, Bulldogs, of course, weakened by uh, Kickow's injury. How unlucky. Addo Carr, we saw get hurt last week. But an update on, on uh, Billy Kickow? Yeah, they initially said eight to ten weeks, mm. Ray, for that uh, ruptured pick. And I remember at the time thinking, gee, eight to ten, that seems a bit light on to me. I remember when pecs were the year. Yeah. And they've now revised that out to 14 weeks. That's bad luck. So we're looking at more than half the year. Of course, Fox Mm. gone for eight weeks. So certainly injuries ravaging the Bulldogs at the moment. But they'll come back. Mm. They'll lift for Parramatta. Be a big game today. And I think that the, the Dogs will really give a strong account of themselves this afternoon. Albeit, I think that Parramatta will win that game. You know I love my AFL as well. And... I like this concept. Obviously, they've taken it from the NRL's magic round. They call it Gather Round. Gather Round. What did you make of the name? I like it. It sort of grew on me. Gather Round. And I can understand where they're coming from. And just quickly, back on Thursday night, Adelaide 118 beat my men, the Carlton 62, their first loss of the season for the Blue Boys. A reality check. Dino for Carlton. Reality check. Well, last week you weren't crowing. <laughs> it was crowing. always going to happen, <laughs> yeah, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Fremantle 100, Gold Coast 90. Uh, the Swannies were good. Last quarter surge, 122 defeated Richmond, 78. Brisbane Lions, they're, they're building nicely now, Dino. 152 over North Melbourne, 77. Essendon were good, 104. Upset Melbourne, 77. And Port Adelaide defeated the Bulldogs, 70 to 56. Three games to complete gather round today, Dino. Geelong take on West Coast at 1pm. The Giants take on Hawthorne at 3.20. And this is a big one. Collingwood versus St Kilda at 4.50pm. I think they've been sellouts right through mm. that gather round. It was Couple a bit of a push yeah. for Sydney in 2025, yeah. but I think they've already committed certainly to Adelaide for the next year or two. Some of those Adelaide suburban grounds they're using. Um, Norwood? For, yeah, for SANFL. They don't have a huge capacity, but apparently it's just it's working really well. You've been to Magic Round in Brisbane, Dino, and just the economic boost to that to those cities when you have an influx of Football teams, their supporters, etc. Hotels, I think in Adelaide, are 95% full. I think it dare say be the same in Brisbane. So it must be a great vibe. It's a great vibe. The streets yeah. are buzzing in Brisbane. There's mm. flags everywhere and there's colour everywhere and there's people in jerseys everywhere. Speaking of Magic Round, Ray, too, mm. I wrote a piece during the week about Suncorp I was Stadium. I bring it up with you, yes. Yeah, it was chopped up again uh, a few days ago. The NRL has commissioned an independent turf specialist mm. to establish the safety of Suncorp. There's no plans yet to move it. It's locked in for Suncorp, but certainly... Can they cope with an entire round of footy over three days? No. Mm. I don't think the ground surface will hold up, Ray. And what about this? I checked out the long-term forecast, and 13 of the 16 days before Uh Magic Round starts, uh, forecast is for rain. When's Magic Round, Dino? Uh, May 5, 6 and 7. I suggested to the NRL, would they look at maybe taking one game to Redcliffe and one game to the Gold Coast? Or Townsville even? Yeah, well, at least if it's Redcliffe and the Gold Coast, they can drive there. It's not far. Just to take a little bit of pressure off Brisbane, but at this point, they're not entertaining that idea at all. Yeah, that is a concern, isn't it? Because I I do take your point. Also, listened to you when I was driving to work during the week, Dino. You won the big sports breakfast um, during the week with the boys, Loza and Jared. And I I see where you're coming from with Ben Hunt because we often in the media lament um, the fact there may not be the characters of yesteryear, and sometimes we could be accused living in the past. But in this sanitised world these days, people are 
got to be very careful what they say. Ben Hunt speaks from the heart, and his defence, if I can put it that way, um, of of his coach Anthony Griffin, I thought was was oh, I admired him, and you in particular. Um, Really suck up for him. I thought it was good stuff. Yeah, Ben Hunt came out prob- probably against the way the club wants to go and against the way the board wants to go and said, look, you know, if Anthony Griffin goes, mm. I can't guarantee I'll be here. He's got to get out clause in his contract. Ben's main argument was, Ray, that if we get a new coach in, we have to start from scratch. And he said, I'm getting too old to start from scratch. But I just thought, you know what, to go against your club's uh, wishes, so to speak, to speak your mind... I thought took courage, and I admire Ben Hunt for that. Mm. He's a terrific player on the field, and he's got some kahunas off the field. Good on him. Yeah, what, what is the latest with the Griffin situation? Oh, they're now looking for uh, a, a coaching list, I guess you could mm. say. I think the board meets this week. Uh, ben Hornby, Dean Young, Shane Flanagan, Jason Rolls, perhaps Des Hasler would be on that list. I think they're just floating a lot of names out there, Ray, approaching many to see mm. whether there's interest they even approached Billy Slater. Billy yeah. said no straight away, which is expected, but that's the Dragons doing their due diligence. But I think the whole thing's been messy. It was interesting because you and Loz, the Laurie Daly, had very different views. I can understand both, but your view in particular on how St George or the Warriors well, handle this? My view was at the start of the year, they came out and basically said Anthony Griffin has to reapply. Mm. That knocked the wind out of the club. And then halfway through round six, I think it was, they said, uh, we're now looking for replacements. Mm. So... They basically, tough, basically tough. said, they're basically sabotaging this year. I mean, it's going to hang around all year like a bad smell. And every time the poor players get put up for media twice a week, guess what's going to come up, right? Yeah, the coaching position. Every and they don't need to go through that. It could have been handled time. better and tidier. Yeah, exactly. One quick one before we move on to other things. Redfin, you wrote a lovely story um, late last week, the final training session of the mighty South Sydney Rabbits at Redfin. Of course, they move into their new... Is it Centre of Excellence at yes. Maruba, essentially? And, um, yeah, a lot of history, a lot of tradition. at South Sydney to the, to the core, isn't it, Redfin? Yeah, it was very sad, Ray, the last mm. time that South Seniors will be there. The juniors will continue to use Redfin, so yep. there will be a tenuous link between the two of them. But it's been a romantic and successful marriage, a lot of nostalgia, a lot of colour, Ray, a lot of glamour, a lot of heroics mm. yeah. of South's 21 premierships. Ten of those were won when they were licked and based Amazing. at Redfern. Yeah. Wonderful old ground, lots of memories. I guess you can't kill off the memories, Ray, albeit mm. the players aren't training anywhere nearby. But time moves on, and this centre of excellence at Maroubra is worth $60 million. Wow. Yeah. So it is an absolute... More clubs are, get, are going down that path. They though, are. Aren't they? There's not yeah. many left that don't yeah. have them. What about Royal Ramwick yesterday, Ray? The all-aged stakes, Giga Kick secured... Yeah. Glory, and of course, in the champagne stakes, it was militarised. Carnival's over, Dino. Done. Yeah. Tears? No, not really, because now we moved to Hawkesbury, my favourite race. Oh, you love that race, Benny, don't you? Yeah, I love it. Um, Hawkesbury standalone next Saturday. But um, yeah, great crowd again yesterday. The weather was fantastic. I wish Randwick had a bit more luck with the weather in the first two days of the Carnival. But yesterday, what we did see again was... A, a seriously good racehorse, Giga Kick. Now, he was beaten by I Wish I Win in the TJ, but I think these two horses have announced themselves now as the nation's two best sprinters. There has been that changing of the guard, and he was awesome yesterday, Dino. He's just got this incredible finishing surge, as does I Wish I Win, but 
Giga Kick, outstanding. The remarkable thing, Dino, is neither Giga Kick or I Wish I Win have been selected yet for the Everest. I find surely that would happen. It's gonna, surely it must happen sooner rather than later. The other group one was the Champagne Stakes, and until this year, Chris Waller had not trained a Sydney two-year-old group one winner. He's fixed that up. The Golden Super Shinzo and Miller Tries is now on the size and Champagne Stakes double. It was an outstanding win because he was three wide without cover virtually the entire trip. And yet the best part of Miller Tries' win, Dino, was the last 100, 150. He just surged away from me. He's an exceptional colt. Now, when I saw... Joey Marira last week at the race, yeah, your at mate, the uh, your football, mate. rather. Yeah. I just gave him a couple of little cheeky tips. So okay. clearly he's taken them on board, mm-hmm. and this is the end result. Okay. And did you say to him to come on this week, next week, for me tomorrow? I did. Yeah, well, he's going to. He's coming Thank on. You. <laughs> you can take, take credit for I'll that, be eh? taking credit for everything <laughs> I possibly can, Ray Too Boyd. good. They're also the inaugural running of the $4 million Quokka in Ascot yesterday. Yes. That's Perth's new slot race. Remember a few years ago, everyone's bagging... The Everest saying slot races will never work. They're everywhere now, and they do work, you know, because it gives the corporate world an opportunity to advertise their businesses, get massive publicity for um, for the, in the build-up to those particular races. And the Quokka was won by Bjorn Baker's overpass, just hung on from the, the local filly, Amelia's Jewel, who unleashed an awesome finishing burst to just miss, but an exciting race. And these slot races, Dino, they're, they're here to stay, and they're... Um, a different way of injecting a lot of money into the sport. Yep, it's the way to go, right? It mm. certainly is the future. Lots of text coming through quickly. Now, this is from the bunny from Wang. You are a fool, Richie. Bagging souse again. Well, gee, bunny, if you've got two ears that aren't painted on, I said how good souse were, how good Cody was, how good Latrell was, mm. and how good they were as a team. I don't think you bagged him. I think you actually will. I actually said to that Thursday I thought night. that Campbell yeah, Graham penalty. was a yeah. penalty. Sorry if you don't agree with that, Bunny, mm. but open up your eyes and open up your ears. Yeah, that, yeah. and just throwing forward, that Thursday night game is going to be huge. Dino, there's one here from Hey Bulldog. Suncorp will be chopped up when the Broncos played. Their first six games out of seven there from Graham. They do get a bit of a leg up in that respect, don't they? Well, the Bronx. They've got games there, league games, mm. every weekend, Ray. Up into a magic round. Yeah. I think there's three more Super Rugby games to be played there. And Brisbane Raw play there the day before Anzac Day. Yeah. So there's no respite. Miss. doesn't miss. There's no respite. Yes, Stu's just giving a little tickle up. He's right there. Hey, Ray, you were crowing from the rooftops last yeah. week about Carlton. Exactly, Stu. We warned him. Was, but look what happened. The early crow got the Thomas Carlton worm. Certainly has. Yeah, Blue Boys getting a reality check. And Gordon from Yarimba. Gentlemen, congratulations to John Rahm and a strong performance in the US Masters. He is a player, John Rahm. But once again, according to uh, Gordon, he's right. Brooks Kepka choked massively in a final round of a golfing major, which he's done a number of times previously. Yeah, I thought Kepta with a four-shot lead in that final mm. round would have just about nudged himself home. Let's talk talk topic, Ray Boy. I must commend you because you've come up with this one. I do well, like it. Hmm. As much as it irritated me, the penalty against uh, Tyson Frizzell last night for yep. the hair pull, just ridiculous. Mm. Rugby league, what's happened to you? The game I used to love. <laughs> anyway, you still love it, Dino. You still love I it. I still love it despite the referee. That's how, <laughs> that's how I now word it. So, it was such a bizarre incident, wasn't it, Ray? Mm. I thought strange moments on sporting fields. Like it, Dino. Like and that it. could be a mm. professional sporting event, or it could even be an amateur event, it's or the local park cricket or footy down as a youngster or something. in yeah, the yeah. suburbs yeah. around Australia. So... The strangest one I could think of, the first one that came into my head, mm. goes back to 1983. Brisbane, Gabba, and someone, for some <laughs> unknown reason, 
decided to let a pig onto the field and they painted Bothan Did on the side of the pig. Beefy Bothan by memory or something? I can't yeah. Remember. And it ran around the, it the ran old dog around. track, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in hindsight, it was pretty cruel and the poor old pig was probably terrorised. But in terms of strange <laughs> sporting moments on a footy field, that came into my head straight yeah, no, away. You open up a can of worms here. There's so many. For me, I still can't believe I saw it was the day that Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear in that world title fight. That was the most... How do you ever explain that? Anyway, it was such a big build-up to that fight too, wasn't yeah, it? It was, was massive. Yeah. I watched it live sitting somewhere in a pub. I yeah, so was I. Was. And I'm sitting there going, did he just bite him? And and Holyfield was such a, a, a straighty, you know, 180 type bloke, wasn't he? Everything's by the rules. And he was carrying on and losing the plot because half his ear was missing. It was well, did, bizarre. Did Mike go back for a second job? He did. He had two yeah. cracks at it. It was bizarre. That was anyway. his frustration because Tyson well, couldn't do what Tyson wanted to do. And Holyfield was too good for him, yeah. Correct. That's our talk topic. Strangest things you've seen on a sporting field. As Dino said, professional or amateur. It could be an old memory from your days of playing footy or cricket in the local park. So let us know on 135353 SMS 0419 767272. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Skipped breakfast. John O'Shea joining us. How do you go with someone like Hugh Bowman? Do you let him do his thing or are you still speaking to him and treating him like any other jockey? How do you go with that? I'm not a big instruction guy anyway. I like instructions about as much as you like wedding cake, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. Where do you go for all the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue? Totally Workwear Bridal Me. With the temperature cooling, now is the time to get in store and check out the massive range of pants, jackets and jumpers. Just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Bridal Me. 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. It's Cheval Grand. Cheval Grand goes on and wins the Japan Cup. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. All roads lead to the Brisbane Truck Show. It's wall-to-wall trucks, trailers and technology at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre. Australia's largest industry event is live in Queensland, May 18 to 21. Tickets available now at brisbanetruckshow.com.au. Pick your favourite Kia. From the award-winning Kia Sportage to the street-cred-delivering Kia Seltos. Or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. She's All Shenanigans takes the lead. Atlantic Spirit on the inside at any old price. She's All Shenanigans, 100 metres to go. Staves off the despised outsider and comes clear. And She's All Shenanigans trotted in. Wall of them for second. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Dino, that was She's All Shenanigans winning the showdown at Sandown yesterday. Text messages flying in over our talk topic, Ray. A couple here for... John Hopoate. Oh, okay. The <laughs> finger mm. 
in the backside. Who was that poor recipient of? I was There's said, a few of them. Oh, was there? Was there it more than once? North, Cal- oh. uh, North Queensland Cowboys place. Yes, not one of the great moments in rugby league history. <laughs> Morning, boys. Pete from Bow Desert. Donnie McKinnon emptying his bladder during a game I for Manly. Remember that? Yeah. It was the first game that the Broncos played. 1988, round one up there at Suncorp mm. Stadium. Peter Hare in a World Cup qualifier against Iran. Trying to cut the goal net. That's that, from he, Rooster Man. He was a serial pest, wasn't he? He was a guy who ran on, I'm pretty sure it's the same bloke, in the 1996 he Melbourne Cup. did it a lot, And yeah. Saint was about to win. Yeah. Absolute fool. And the, ran on the track. And uh, Ray, no name on this one, Vegemite sandwiches or duck pancakes at oh. Ramwick yesterday. What did you get? Well, what no, was your tucker? No duck pancakes at Ramwick. Nothing? Only Rose Hill. And so when I go to Ramwick... Ten looks after. <laughs> what did she give you? I had a Vegemite roll. Yesterday. So there's a clear distinction between Ramwick oh, Vegemite sandwiches, massive, and Rose Hill huge duck demarcation pancakes. there, Dino. <laughs> Would you be pushing in your stories for more meetings at Rose Hill? I got no pulled in. I might, okay. I might let you lead that campaign. I, I tell you what, I do want to do though, Dino. Is hired a few winners yesterday because I think we saw some potential uh, stars for next season. One of them, his name is Aussie Penko. Osipenko wandering a bit under pressure as Williamsburg tries to push out. Osipenko tries to push him back in. A bit of argy-bargy here, and Pericles is the front runner from Osipenko the outside, given the cue by now by Nashrawilla. And Osipenko trying to get the upper hand from Pericles has done so. And the first favourite time, Osipenko won it by a length to Pericles, who certainly the winner wasn't going to let the third. Only a five-horse field, Dino, but the tactics were fascinating to watch. And Nashrawilla just rode a brilliant race on Aussie Penko, who Chris Wallace said described as a Group 1 winner in waiting. We may see him do that in the spring. This is a mare or filly going places, and she's got a big race win in her later in her career. Her name, Alentia. Head of the straight and Cole Crusher's got them chasing here. Cole Crusher led by a length of Bacchanalia. Being stoked up now, Valana in third, starting to wind up. Further back to Rangers, one paced and way ha-ha falls, making some ground. Cole Crusher is the leader from Valana, the favourite, starting to hone in strongly. It's Valana going past Cole Crusher now. Then way falls, but Valana, the favourite, edges clear for a big win in the Hallmark Stakes. Getting up to run second there was way ha-ha falls. Photo third, Cole Crusher. Yeah, that was my mistake. Uh, Lent, of course, won the James HB car stakes. She's one to keep in your black book. Valana was terrific. First up in the hallmark. Three wide throughout. Showed his class. And uh, there's some uh, a big Brisbane ca- um, carnival campaign awaiting Valana for Godolphin. On to the JRA plate. Diamil, tough. Too strong for Banker's Choice. Of Jenny, has she got the legs to keep going? She swings the corner, eight lengths clear. Banker's choice on the outside goes to a clear second. Diamond goes to third, three further back to Sunshine Rising. She's gone now. Goodbye. Banker's choice went to the front. Diamond a length away giving chase. A gap back to Wetor making ground. Banker's choice in front of Diamond, who's trying hard the outside. Banker's choice and Diamond. A great duel the last 50. Diamond lifting and Diamond got up to beat Banker's choice. Wetor Run home into third, followed by Great House. Yeah, great race to watch that. Pride of Jenny went out about 15, 20 lengths in front mid-race, Dino, but she got very tired late and Diamil slogged it out with Banker's Choice and got the nod. On to the first of the Group 1s yesterday, Militarise. Again, another horse who sat three deep. It didn't matter. 
Aces loaded, led the way from Townsend second, then came Kintyre. Militarised getting to the extreme outside, running on well. Don Corleone two behind him. Bases loaded on the fence, just the leader from Townsend. Militarised launching his attack now. A length after Don Corleone. Bases loaded in front. Militarised is heading top gear. Militarised moved up now, takes the lead late and Militarised blows them away in the champagne stakes. Won it by a length and a half to bases loaded. Townsend third, Tom Kitten doing his best work. Some win by Militarised, Enoch, because he covered a lot of extra ground, but the best part of his race was his finish. Um, very strong into 1,600, and he'll be a star in the spring, I'm sure. Talking of stars, this horse is a touch of freak about him. His name, Digger Kick. Giga kick getting to the outside, 10 off the lead. Lost and running comes up the riser, healthy leader by four lengths on Zaki. Giga kick down the outside, Mazu the inside and further back to Cascadian. Giga kick sustaining the run, went up with Zaki. Giga kick and Zaki two lengths away, then a bandersnatch and Cascadian. But Giga kick's got a strong kick and he goes home in the group one, a big winner. Giga kick by two lengths in the all eight stakes. Zaki trying to cling on for second in a photo with Cascadian. Yeah, he did cling on for second, Zaki, just ahead of Cascadian. Dino, the remarkable thing about Giga Kick was only his, he's only a three-year-old. It was only his ninth start yesterday, his sixth win. He's won an Everest. He's now won his group one in the all-age. He's banked 8.6 mil. He, he's a gelding. He'll be around for touchwood injury-free for a number of years. He could win anything, this horse, and he's the early favourite for the Everest and the Golden Eagle in spring. As I said, there's a touch of freak about Giga Kick. Speaking of slot races, we saw the inaugural running of the Quokka yesterday at Ascot. Terrific finish. Overpass from Amelia's Jewel. Straightening up now in the Quokka overpass as Fura going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They're giving each other the big eyeball. Red Can Man joined them both, though. A length and a half uncommon. James letting down. Where's Amelia's Jewel? Back in the field, but running on strongly as Fura. Overpass. Red Can Man. 100 left to go. Overpass as Fura. Amelia's Jewel coming. She's coming at the rate of knots. Overpass. Amelia's Jewel. She lunged. Did she get there? I don't know. She came. She came like a train. Amelia Amelia's Jewel got to overpass in the shadows. A photo here in the Quokka. Behind them, close up. Yeah, overpass just hung on from Amelia's Jewel, who stormed down the outside. Tremendous finish, but congratulations to Bjorn Baker. Um, so, uh, deciding, Dino, to not run the horse in Sydney during the autumn and go first up in the Quokka, he got the cash. One of the world's famous races was run at Aintree in Liverpool overnight. The Grand National, the favourite, Karash Rambler, too tough, too strong. Now, here they go towards the final fence in the Randolph's Grand National. Mr. Coffey is taken by Corak Rambler, and Corak Rambler has taken it up under Derek Foss from his second Mr. Coffey, the big dog, Gallard de Menil, Roi Marge. And then behind these, born by the sea, Noble Yates is making very good late headway. And then Vanillier, the Corak Rambler, is well clear at the elbow. This Corak Rambler, Vanillier, is staying on strongly the grey in second place as they race up towards the line. Derek Fox for Lucinda Russell, the one for Arthur combination. They're going to win it again with Korak Rambler. Vanillier finishing strongly in second. Gayard de Menil in third. Yeah, it's a great spectacle, and Korak Rambler was the um, eight to one favourite. Do you know that the start was delayed about 15 minutes with the animal activists um, almost invading the course, so to speak, protesting against the Grand National. But um, if you. If you like horse racing, you like jumps racing, that is a spectacular event, the Grand National of Aintree. Did it get ugly? Uh, 
one horse did lose its life. No, I meant more oh. the, the, the protesters. Oh, the police were well-equipped. They knew what was going to happen, and there had, had been forecasts there'd be um, protests of some some sort at Aintree, and the protesters even said they're going to try and disrupt the race itself, which they did for up to 15 minutes. But the police were, were there en masse, and they managed to... I think a number of arrests and get those protesters off the track. Protesters are everywhere, Ray. They certainly and are. And they all look the same. Exactly. Long hair, out of work, generally. You can't do that, Dino. I just you said can't it. say that. You just did. We'll go to a quick break. Have a think about what Dino just said. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Experience city-class racing country style at the Darley Scone Cup Carnival. It's the richest country racing carnival in Australia, with over $2 million on offer across two fantastic days in May. Highlighted by the Darley Scone Cup and the Group 3 Emirates Park Dark Jewel. With fashions on the field and Bjorn again live after the last race on Saturday, it's the Country Cup Carnival not to be missed. The Darley Scone Cup Carnival, May 12 and 13. For hospitality packages and tickets, go to sconeraceclub.com.au. Where do you go for all the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue? Totally Workwear bridled me. With the temperature cooling, now is the time to get in store and check out the massive range of pants, jackets and jumpers. Just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear bridled me. 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Pick your favourite Kia. From the award-winning Kia Sportage to the street-cred-delivering Kia Seltos or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer. Kia. Movement that inspires. On Tomorrow, 87.6 FM. Lithgow, 89.7 FM. Grafton, 101.5 FM. And Newcastle, 1341 AM. This is Sky Sports Radio, your racing and sports leader. Get into Totally Workwear right on me for all your winter workwear gear, Raymond. We stock the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Blue Steel. Get in store and check out all the pants, jumpers and jackets, just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need to freshen up, Raymond? Mm, Does it? Probably. Absolutely. Mm. Well, you know where to go. Darren and the team will get you sorted. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally workwear, Rodelmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Macca. We've got you covered. Talking all the overnight action. What a performance. The Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Plenty of people want to have their say. Gary's on the open line. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Ray and Dean. Just, just, uh, just on the bunnies, just quickly on the bunnies, I want to move to the NRL with Phil Gill with Six Tackles Again, his podcast that was uh, unbelievable the other day when mm-hmm. I saw that. And I just want to mention it about... Uh, but how we, be- how we beat the Panthers to win a comp, it's simple. We've got to match them on everything. But if we match them on the speed off the mark, 
will beat them with Luttrell and Cody. That's the key, speed off the mark. We play them next week as well, so it's very important. Speed off the mark is their key. You watch how they play off the mark, push up, push up, push up, push up, quick play the ball. They're excellent at it. So we match them with that, we'll beat them with mm. skill. Right, I want to move on with the NRL. So the NRL wants to say, right, oh, we want to sell it to America and make them pun on our sport and we'll get big revenue from it. Fine. I want that to happen as well. But that cannot happen until we bring back step, fend, pass, kick. You've got to bring back the skill. Because our game at the moment, our game is just all attack from dummy half. We speed, quick play the ball. It's really not... I'm not, I'm not saying it's not a great game, but it can be a hell of a lot better. Dino, I reckon the, the game and the skill level is probably the best it's ever been. And some of the tries that are scored are just incredible. And one of the reasons skill can come through is cause of that quick play of the ball, get that roll on, create open space, and then players like Cody Walker cut defences to ribbons. I wonder whether physicality is going to end, Ray. Yeah. There's a lot of injuries this year. I wrote a piece about it at the Daily Telegraph during the week. How much bigger, mm. faster, and more powerful can players get? And you look at the injuries, Ray. You've got three, sometimes four players in a tackle. They're all weighing over 100 Ks. You could have 400 Ks on top of you, Ray, twisting, mm. buckling, turning you. The human body's not made for that. Yeah. No wonder there are so many injuries with knees and ankles and backs. No, it's a good point. It's, it, so, it, it, it is, it's a where does it end? It's a collision sport, and with the size and speed of the players these days, that obviously is contributing to that lengthy injury list that you mentioned, Dino. Hey, one man who's had a fantastic autumn carnival, and it's been his two-year-olds as well as some of his older horses like Artorius coming to the fore, and that's Newgate Farm Supremo Henry Field. He's on the line. Henry, good morning. Thanks for joining us, and... Congratulations with the, the champagne Quinella yesterday from uh, Militarise and bases loaded, but he, he's some cult, Militarise. Yeah, he's a very special cult. Uh, it's interesting. He, he, won his, he, won his, he won his debut two-year-old race in, uh, in February, like a really smart cult at Canterbury. And what was most interesting was when Chris Waller has a done deal cult, but he, won, he was adamant he wanted to run him in the Golden Slipper at his third start. Uh, you know, it probably says it probably says how he marked mm. the horse's card, and and he hasn't let us down since. He, he has. He, like, of course, what happened in the Golden Slipper was one of those races that you know, he, he was badly interfered with. So you put a line through it. Yes. I think the fact that Chris Waller had the confidence to run the horse in the size said a lot. He was outstanding there yesterday. I thought he was even better, and I, I say that Henry because he was three wide without cover throughout. But the most incredible part was how strong he was from about the 150 metre mark to the finish when the race was there to be run. He dominated. Yeah, no, yeah, he had the turbo charges on. <laughs> Joe jo, jo Moreira, to his credit, he he rode him in the size, and he obviously he was very dominant that day and. And he sort of got in a sticky spot yesterday. Mm. Uh, and post-race, Joe's view was that uh, he, he gave him a, a feel of a special horse in the size. And so he, he was adamant that the most important thing to do in the champagne was just to make sure he's out of the trouble. And he sat three or four wide to trip a lot of the time with no cover. It was actually a, a horror watch to, 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 to see the, the race pan out in, in real time. But, but, you know, the difference, I suppose, with Joe, he, he knew what he had, had underneath him. And, uh, and, when he, and when he asked for the, for the supreme effort, he... Uh, he had a dynamic turn of foot and he put them away with ease. Uh, Henry, what is Militarizer's best distance? It's a bloody good question. Bloody good question, uh, Bulldog. It's bloody... Uh, he, he's, he's, bred to, he's bred to run 
he's probably to run a mile and a quarter. So the fact that he's the fact that he's, he's winning size produces and placing in Todman's is, uh, is 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 all probably a bonus. But he's a very fast looking colt. Like he's a very muscular colt. He's not a he's not typically I suppose your staying type of horse. He's a he's a more speed. Physical type of animal, mm. um, but but I think you know coming back in the in, in the spring, we'll just work him through his grades and and go to that traditional run of the rose, golden rose, Caulfield guineas, and potentially the Cox Plate, depending on how he you know if he keeps stepping up when the bar's being raised. But I, I think we'll definitely stretch him out to two thousand meters, and like his father Dundeal, who was a a very dominant two thousand meter horse himself. Yeah, no, he was he was outstanding yesterday, and of course Dundeal as it's a Dundeal. When he was racing, won that spring champion. So who knows where Militarise might end up. Uh, terrific season with your two-year-olds. Just quickly, um, Henry, bases loaded, was good running second yesterday. Don Corleone loomed up, maybe didn't quite run the 1600, but yeah. he, he's had a, a fantastic two-year-old season as well. Yeah, no, he has. He has. He's, he's had a great season, and and you know, and King's Gambit was great in the yes. running third. So we've been very pleased with that with our Colts, and uh, it was wonderful to see Chris Waller. Uh, clean sweep the triple crown yesterday for two year olds. It's amazing to think that uh, mm. that uh, you know that there were many many that thought that uh, he struggled to train a, a, a proper two year old and yeah. he, he put he put all that, uh, that 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 myth to bed in the last month pretty uh, pretty pretty well and truly. Certainly has winning the, the triple crown, the golden super with Shinzo and the size champagne double with Militarise. <laughs> two group ones compared to a golden super. Does that give Militarise some chance of champion two year old? Well, it's a you know it's a, it's a, it's it's interesting. Mm. I mean, I think it makes it a contest anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously the, the the Golden Slippers, you know, for, for two year old racing, the Holy Grail, as we all know, and and, and Shinzo was a very very, very good Golden Slipper yeah. winner. But uh, but in saying that, in saying that, the argument against would be, would be that the militarised didn't get his chance in that race, and and then, and and the two group ones he did get a chance, and he was absolutely dominant. So. So it's definitely going to be a it's going to be a two year old championship in two between Chinzo and Militarise, and, mm. and it'll be interesting how it how, how it plays out. Exactly, yeah. Just an update, if I could, Henry on Arturis. You told me late last week that he is back in training. Came back to Anthony and Sam Friedman's stables last Monday, and yeah. now all roads lead to Royal Ascot. He had a lovely lovely two and a half week break. He's gleaming. He's gleaming, and he's, uh, he's going to have one final. One final start in his career. We're taking him to Ascot to run in the Platinum Jubilee, and he's very healthy. He's very well, and I'll tell you, he'll give it. A, I think he'll give it a massive shake. He's weighted much better this year. Yeah. Last year he was weighted as a as a, as, a, as a four-year-old, but was only three. This year he's weighted as a four-year-old, and he's four. And 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 I think Anthony would would be confident the horse has made good progression and improvement in the last twelve months. So he's on, he's on on track to go to Ascot, and hopefully there's a. There's a few more Australian horses filling up the filling up the plane. Uh, yeah. IRT's in the process now of trying to work out who's who and what's what and what's going and and uh, and 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 so it'll be interesting you know, what what team of Australian horses get on the plane to go over and and hopefully the more the merrier. Yeah, well, I think Cool and Gat is definitely going. The astrologist yep. is already there. Yep. Um, God, Godolphin is still looking at Animo. So, and of course Artorias. And I think I know you had a. Terrific Royal Ascot last year, Henry, with State of Rest winning the Prince yes. of Wales as stakes. But, gee, that Platinum Jubilee, was that the one that got away with Artorias? Oh, I'll tell you what, it was a... Um, <laughs> Pull your well, hair you know, I, Yeah, just, just the last 50 got held up. And as we all know with Artorias, the last 50 is when he puts the... Uh, mm. Yeah, that's his that, that that's his greatest asset in the race. That 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 acceleration turn of foot in the last fifty is so strong and so powerful. Late and just got held up at a vital stage and was beaten half a length. But that's mm-hmm. that's racing. Yeah, that's the racing. And horses that settle settle back in the field, they they have less luck than others. And 
and, um, and and he didn't have his luck that day, but hopefully he has it this year. And I think it's fair to say, Henry, he'll be going over in even better form as he showed in the autumn, winning the Canterbury Stakes, running that great fourth in the George Ryder. Exciting times for Artorias, exciting times for Newgate with Militarised. Congratulations yesterday on the Quinella in the Champagne, and, and thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning, Henry. No, pleasure, guys. Good to chat. There's Henry Field, the Supremo at Newgate Farm, and they are building a fantastic stallion roster, and their colours are winning left, right and centre, Dino. Just a quick text coming in about our talk topic, Ray. Mick from Goulburn. Morning, guys. Crazy moments in sport. Dennis Lilly walking out to the crease at the Wacker with the aluminium bat. Mm, Remember that? He threw it away. He threw it away. There's a couple here too, Ray, on uh, the lady that jumped the fence in 1980 and abused Greg Hartley. I can tell you her name. Her name is Mary Locke. I've interviewed yeah. Mary. She is the most lovely lady you will ever meet. She just got upset. Motion she just, charge she said moment. It. I just popped one day. <laughs> I just popped. Here's one too. Eddie from Macquarie Fields. Mm-hmm. Strange moments of the sporting field. The 1974 Doncaster at Ramwick was made notorious ah. by a pair of streakers. A male and female got onto the track and ran along the home straight from 100 metres to the enclosure gate. As the race was still in progress. True story. Were you there that day? I wasn't. Taunton and Beats told Treese by memory. And it's fair to say both male and female made a pretty big impression on the crowd, Dino. Really? Yes. In what sense? Exactly what I just said. Right, okay. Yeah. Our next guest may re- might not, wouldn't have been there. Do but you think I, he would ever have done this? Let's ask him. Richie Callender. Rich, good morning. Many a times, Bulldog, many a times, mate. Uh, I like to be one with nature, Bulldog, particularly on a Sunday morning. <laughs> mate, we're, all, we're, we're, all, we're, all, we're all nude in life, aren't we, at some stage? And what I is our birthday suit, mate? Quicker. If, I, if I was a bit quicker, Bulldog, they wouldn't have got as good a view. <laughs> well, that 100 metres for you, Rich, would have taken 18 minutes. <laughs> Rich has got a bit of toe. Rich has got a bit of toe. Yeah, Bulldog. Yeah. When you when you've had a race down the straight, Bulldog, that was being televised around the country, and Moody you've won Valley. convincingly, come back and see. Me. All right, very cool. And you can live off that till your dying day, Rich. It was good. Hey, Rich, the carnival is over, and we saw some um, some outstanding racing in Sydney over the last six or seven weeks. But I think it's fair to say we've seen a changing of the guard in the sprinting ranks. And Giga Kick and I wish I win. Such exciting horses, and their clash in the TJ was outstanding. And Giga Kick yesterday is a touch of freak about him, isn't there, Rich? Yeah, look, I, I think we all thought back in the, the spring when he won the Everest, we all thought, ah, oh, well, the race was fast, it was this, it was that. That wasn't a fluke, that wasn't mm. just one out of the box. He's a serious horse, and well and well done to the team. But uh, yeah, he was outstanding yesterday. and and I thought Zaki was good too, Ray. Yeah. For, for an old boy, um, for him to still pipe up, and he'll go to Brisbane now. But yeah, look, there's no doubt. I wish I win Giga Kick, and we'll we'll get to see them this October in the Everest again. But I've just got a feeling, Ray, there's still one little one little play left in the old boy. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. And the news late last yeah. week, and I, I know some people are critical, but gee, they're a long time retired. He's a gilding. I, I applaud the connections of Nature Strip. He ran fourth in the TJ and fourth in the Everest. He's not getting lapped. He's competitive. If they can tweak something and find that Royal Ascot form, watch out, Rich. Oh, you don't worry about the Noah's Arcs, Ray. Um, <laughs> Noah's they're on every they're on every corner. They, they're all experts. Social media's become made everyone an expert. I certainly wouldn't dare ever to tell tell Chris Waller what to do with a, a racehorse mm. 
He's a lover. Um, and I think Nature's Trip, I've never seen him look better than he did the other day. He went very, very quick on a very heavy track. I just hope there's plenty of that little humble pie when he comes back yeah, and wins a good one. Exactly. Yeah. Rich, talking of Chris Waller, how mm. extraordinary has Waller's season been given he doesn't have a Winx or he doesn't have a nature strip dominating at Group 1 level? Yeah, look, I, I think you're right, Bulldog. And look, James Cummings is a wonderful trainer. And don't worry, Chris banked on Winx for so many years to, to get his Group 1 tally. But James had Animo this year and what a great job James has done with Animo. But... Yeah, Militarized become the only horse that's won two Group 1s for Chris Waller this season. So 11 Group 1s, 10 different horses, uh, an amazing achievement. And uh, I can tell you, he's uh, he's gone away for a couple of days. He had his bags ready to go out the back of Militarized, was got beaten. He had to leave his bags there, <laughs> go out the front for presentations, and then run because he almost missed his plane yesterday afternoon. But... Uh, he was, um, I think he was pretty tough too. Yeah. And, and not, he doesn't let the naysayers get to him as such, but it it plays in the back of your mind. And we just heard Henry Field say it. Who, Henry Field hasn't even been a, a fresh air for mm. the young blokes uh, in the breeding industry with Newgate. But I just think it was always, they said, oh, you can train a two-year-old, Chris, but you seem to train them up in Queensland when they're almost three. You know, you can't really train an early two-year-old. Well, he's trained a few Breeders' Cup winners, uh, Breeders' Plate winners. That's the first year out of the season. And now to win the Triple Crown uh, with Shinzo and the Militarise, uh, I think that's really really put people back in their spot. It certainly has. Slot races, Rich, when the Everest was first mooted, I think probably 90% of people, this won't last. Well, now they're everywhere. And we saw the inaugural running of the Quokka yesterday. I said to Dino earlier, it brings... <coughs> A different sort of investor into the sport brings the corporate world into the sport um, and opens up different avenues for racing but uh, this is the way of the future and this was a great running of the race with overpass just holding off Amelia's jewel the one thing you've got to do and, and, and you've got to give credit to Peter the land is in race south Wales originally you've got to protect the longevity of the race mm. uh, you, you've got to make sure you've got the slot holders not that it could afford it but he, he made them lock in early he made them pay for, I think, three or four three years, years to start with, gave think, them yep. incentives. It's created the buzz around it. and Because you just can't have one, one, one year that it goes by the wayside. You've got to protect the longevity. Yesterday was outstanding. And, and mm. I think it's a bunch of blokes, workers, who bought the slot, the, ramp, um, the ones that Bjorn Baker went in, and they reckon that uh, they like a drink last night. Well, <laughs> we're sitting over one of our best in Bjorn Baker. They can enjoy a party time, my son, but... Um, all the way to the West, the one thing that Bjorn's wife said, I'm going with the kids to make sure that Bjorn behaves himself. <laughs> well, what, what's the time? Is it two hours now, Rich, with Daylight Saving gone? I got yeah, t- I think it is. Okay, because uh, I got a text. I texted him a quarter of an hour ago. He was still up. Well, I got a text from Bjorn at 4.10 this morning because I was up getting ready for radio and I thought, geez, he's having a great time. Now, good luck to him. Hey, Rich, you're working today or day off? No, we're, uh, my youngest daughter turned 18 on Friday. Oh, my beautiful mum, Helen, had a birthday yesterday. It's, yeah, it's more than 18. And uh, we're, we're going to go to mum and dad's tonight Fantastic. To, to celebrate. Well, enjoy it, mate. Wish your mum and your dad all the best and your daughter too for her 18th. And, mate, as always, thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning, Rich. Thank you, boys. I just say one thing. Uh, a lot of people out there know that my wife's had a little battle. 
We've got a wonderful all clear this week. So if anyone's listened Mate. to that, send me messages. Thank you very much. Best Have news. Have a wonderful Sunday. Give your family a kiss. Best news, Great Rich. Good on you. Rich. Well, you enjoy that day with the family. You deserve it, mate. So, And thanks, as always, for joining us. Hey, Willow from Windsor, do you know, he's had a big few days. Panthers won for him, and he's had a... Great weekend on the punt, he told me last night with overpass. He's come up with one for your talk topic. Crazy moment in sport when Stephen Bradbury won gold when everyone else got bowled over on the home bend. Remember that? That was amazing stuff. stuff. Absolutely classic. Absolutely incredible. Tan's in studio with the scratchings. Good morning, Tan. Morning. Aren't they making a movie about that? It was fair enough too, eh? Yeah. Remember we had him on the show and what he went through, like he's... His career was almost over when he was badly injured. That's too. right. He, he didn't win on that day. He no. won for his whole career, That's and what the he bones said. that he's broken, and the oh. tra- the drama, and the trauma, and everything he's mm. he's, you know, suffered through Incredible. it. Incredible. Yeah, Incredible. absolutely. Remember, he said, "Wasn't this that moment, Tim?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was for he, the he whole had to career. Get there. Fifteen, twenty he years had to, to qualify get there. for the Olympics. That's right. He had to qualify for you the final. Just, you just rock up and he go straight into the final. In do that you? position to overtake them, so it wasn't a total fluke. Yeah, fantastic. You wouldn't read about it though, would you? When it happened, I've been watching it live. So people who don't know the story will see the movie and they go, "No, that would never happen." You well, know, he dropped out the back <laughs> in the in the field of six in the final for the gold, and he was almost probably a half lap behind them, and they came to that home bend and Apollo. Apollo, in, oh no, you oh know, no, or something like that. <laughs> he yeah. fell. They all came down, and, and he came down. Through he came out, <laughs> and man. The, and the guy that won the silver medal literally crawled <laughs> over the line, grabbed his skates, and, <laughs> and crawled over. And poor old Stephen Bradbury wondered what the hell's going on, but he deserved it. He won the Absolutely. gold. That's the rules. Hey, Tam, we've got racing at Gundagai and Port Macquarie today. We do, and the Sunshine Coast. Let's start with Gundagai. The weather is showers. The track is soft six. The rail out five metres from the 1400 to the 1100. True the remainder, and there are 26 scratchings. From race one, take number one, great week. Two, no pain. Six, Bobby Socks. And 12, Miss Sater. One, two, six, and 12. Race two, number 11, Pretty Penguin. And 12, Profit Time. 11 and 12. Race three, number two, Montebello's Charm. Three, Odyssey Express. Eight, Dubai Oak. And 11, Old Newmarket. Two, three, eight, and 11. To race four, take out eight, one more, Kimmy. 11, Gypsy Romance and the Emergency 14. Eight, 11, and 14. Race five, number two, Riboville. Number two, out of the six, number two, Pretty Vegas. Six, 44, Cubits. Eight, Tequila Spirit. Emergencies 14, 15, and 16. Two, six, eight, 14, 15, and 16. Race seven, number two, Kip Tanui. And 10, Sizzling Cat, two and 10. And from race eight, number two, Mochara. Six T total, nine Mr. Metrics and 12 Shame for Fame. Two, six, nine and 12 from race eight at Gundagai. Port Macquarie, the weather is fine. The track a good four, the rail true and there are 12 scratchings. From race one, take three, wrapped, number three. Race two, number two, positive lightning, number two. From the third, number seven, Katachi, 14G, emergencies 17 and 18. 7, 14, 17 and 18. Race 4, number 7, Woken with a Kiss, number 7. From the 5th, number 8, Viv, number 8. Race 6, number 10, Dante Alieri, number 10. And from race 7, take out 10 phases, 15 and 16. 10, 15 and 16 from race 7 at Port Macquarie. And the Sunshine Coast, the weather is fine. The track are good for the rail out 8 metres, the entire course. Penetrometer 6.92. 
two. And there are 16 scratchings from race one. Take out number seven. Number seven. Race two. Numbers two and seven. Two and seven. From race three, number nine. Number nine. Race four. Numbers six, nine, 12, 13 and 15. Six, nine, 12, 13 and 15. Race five. Numbers two and six. Two and six. Race six. Seven and eight. Seven and eight. And race seven. Three, four, nine. Take out three, four and nine from race seven at the Sunshine Coast. Thanks, Tan. Tips today at Gundagai, Gundagai Cup Day. Race five, number one, Snappy Jim. Race eight, number one, Zalago. Both hard to beat in the Gundagai Cup. Race seven, number three, Scarlet Prince. Port Macquarie today. Race two, number three, Uncertain Terms. Very hard to beat. Down to the lucky last. Race seven, number three, our GG Rock. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. Foreign leaders are calling for calm in Sudan as the army and arrival paramilitary group clash in the capital, Khartoum. Citizens are being warned to shelter in place. The army and rapid support forces are fighting for control of the country after a military coup in 2021. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the transition of power from the military is crucial. Major parties in Khartoum some weeks ago reached a very important framework agreement on how to proceed with transition to civilian government. There's been real progress in trying to move that forward. It's a fragile situation. There are other actors that may be pushing against that progress, but this is a real opportunity to finally carry forward the civilian-led transition. Back home, the federal treasurer is gearing up to release the independent review into the Reserve Bank. It's the first probe into the central bank in 30 years. The RBA recently held the cash rate at 3.6% after 10 consecutive hikes. A shortage of one of the most common antibiotics in Australia has been reported by the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Maggie Rayworth reports. Manufacturing issues mean there are not enough dosages of a type of penicillin, the oral form. The TGA has issued a serious scarcity substitution instrument which allows it to change the rules around prescribing the medication. That means pharmacists can issue a different but very similar medicine without the prior authorisation of the prescriber. Doctors have been advised to consider prescribing the drug in pill form for most adults to reserve the liquid form for children and adults who have difficulty swallowing. The measure will be in place until late September and will be extended if the shortage continues. The TGA may revoke the order if there are safety concerns. Ex-tropical cyclone Ilsa has crossed into the Northern Territory after unleashing damaging winds and rain on Western Australia. The Weather Bureau's Mark Paul says the system has left high rainfall in some areas in its wake. So the max rainfall for the cyclone event uh, that's uh, up in the Pilbara, that's more than one day, was Bamboo Creek at uh, 210.8 millimetres, Tumbina uh, 132 millimetres, Marble Bar 63 millimetres. Emergency services in WA say it could be days before the full extent of the damage to cattle stations, small Indigenous communities and mine sites can be assessed. Thousands across the country are celebrating Orthodox Easter. The day marks the resurrection of Jesus Christ for Orthodox Christians around the world, including those in Greece, Russia, Bulgaria and Ukraine. In Sydney, Spiro Christopoulos says it's a time for family. Today is another important day. You gather with your closest family, your cousins, your grandparents, your mother, father, siblings. And uh, we have a lot of food, as you can imagine. And we also talk about the meaning behind Easter. Uh, and Orthodox Easter is such a significant celebration that we're happy to be part of. And 
we enjoy every year. Also in news, the man accused of stabbing a Sydney paramedic to death in a McDonald's car park is in hospital undergoing a psychiatric assessment. A search will continue today for a missing fisherman off the coast of Mackay in North Queensland. And an Aussie dad from Brisbane has set a new Guinness World Record for push-ups with 3,206 in just one hour. This is Air News. The Panthers coach admits his team felt the pressure from Newcastle last night in a heated clash at the Knights' home ground. The game was sent into Golden Point, skipper Nathan Cleary kicking a field goal to seal victory 16-15. Ivan Cleary says they had to get back on track after the first half. We didn't start well and they did, um, so they certainly yeah, put us under pressure and they yeah, they're on top in that first half. The Broncos have dominated the Titans 43-26. to The Warriors have down the Cowboys 22 to 14. Number one draft pick Aaron Cadman is pinching himself ahead of his AFL debut for the Giants this afternoon. GWS takes on Hawthorne in Adelaide in the inaugural gather round. Cadman says he can't wipe the smile off his face. Obviously it's a lifelong dream. Been dreaming this moment since I can remember. So to first of all get drafted and then now to be able to play my first AFL game it's pretty surreal. In yesterday's games, Port Adelaide beat the Bulldogs 70-56. to The Bombers too good for the Demons, 104-77. The Lions thumped the Kangaroos, 152-77. GWS Giants defeated Collingwood 59-55 in their super netball clash, while the Melbourne Vixens went down to the Adelaide Thunderbirds, 61-50. And in the tennis, Andre Rublev and Holger Rune are through to the final of the Monte Carlo Masters. Australian Independent Radio News. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. The event golfers love is here. The Drummond Golf Master Sale. Save $57.95 on Golf Buddy Voice 2 GPS. Now $132. Tour Edge Bazooka 370 Golf Package, 728 Save 341 Callaway Chevet's Men's Shoes, $98. Save $51.95. And Srixon AD333 Golf Balls 12-Pack, just $18.95. The Drummond Golf Master Sale. Shop in-store or online. Where do you go for all the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue? Totally Workwear bridled me. With the temperature cooling, now is the time to get in-store and check out the massive range of pants, jackets and jumpers. Just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in-store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear bridled me. 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Did you know Guzmani Gomez is opening over 30 new restaurants this year? Their $5 opening days are legendary. You've got to come. Look up hashtag GYG Did You Know for more. Garamundi, a crash at Springwood Road near Hillcrest Road closed, heading in both directions. Redfern Utility Works are closing Redfern Street, going both ways between Chalmers Street and Pitt Street. Looking pretty good this morning on the run into the Sydney Royal Easter Show. No delays on the M4, Homebush Bay Drive, Lancove Road and Parramatta Road. Casual speeding is the biggest cause of death and serious injuries on New South Wales roads. Let's all stop being so casual about it. Casual speeding, every K counts. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio.
On the Big Sports Breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney, partly cloudy Sunday, heading for a top of 26 degrees. Melbourne, some early rain, then showers, a top of just 17 for Melbourne today. Brisbane, lovely sunny Sunday and 30 degrees. In Perth, showers about top of 23. Adelaide, partly cloudy and 18. In Hobart, rain is easing, a top of 16 degrees. Darwin, showers, possible storm, heading for a top of 32 degrees. And in Canberra, showers about today as well, a top of 16. To turn, defence and to attack. Johnson has come in. It's swap time, baby. How about it for John Rahm? Rahm wins the Masters Marathon. Here we got man. Man for the line. They've done it again. Oh, this is exquisite. Reese Walsh. It's a chance for Wachara. Absolutely incredible. With his first goal for Bournemouth in the fifth minute of stoppage time. Cleary's there again. He wants it now. The strike He's is kicked it. He's kicked it. Cleary has done it again. Nathan Cleary wins it for Penrith in golden points. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Second hour of the show. Peter Peters will join us shortly. Clayton Douglas, the trainer of Giga Kick, the impressive winner of the All Aged yesterday. League Super Quiz. I've forgotten the score. It's five, Does Wayne let us know? Four, two, five, four. I will find his text. It's definitely five four, Ray. I just can't work out. Producer Steve said Oops. I was in front. Was well then. We'll go with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jared Daffy will join us with all the sporting odds and Phil Moss from the world of football. Dino inspired our talk topic today on the back of what was not a bizarre incident, but an unusual one when un- Frizzell unfortunately got his hands caught in Jerome Luai's hair and tackled him and got a penalty. And strangest things in sport, Paul has SMS, hi Ray and Dean Dawes had a holiday home here in East Gosford. In the living room was a duplicate official photo finish of the nude streakers at Ramwick in that 1974 Doncaster. The caption read, the Colt wins by a good length. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this is one from the Straub from Glen Innes. A recycled one, but it's a good one, Straub. When Greg Chapel patted the bottom of that female streak with his bat all those years ago. Remember that, Dino? Imagine doing that <laughs> said, these get days. Get off, get off, he said. Uh, no, plenty of good ones, and that's our talk topic for today. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. I said to Dino earlier, so far this year, every game almost, on your edge of the seat, it's been great footy to start the 2023 season. Good morning, Zorb. Morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. And, mate, before we get into the league, can I just... Give a wrap to yourself and my old mate, Ron Duffersey, who I've always followed. I Saturdays, if you don't get the Daily Telegraph, the Saturday Telegraph, you shouldn't punt. Uh, and on Radio TAB, um, we're lucky to have um, you and Duff. I, I, I just think the punters need a help from people that are in the game full-time. And, and when I look at yesterday's um, Ray and Duff column, Race two, Ron Duffersy described it as one of the toughest highways that he's mm. ever encountered. Race two. His tips, if you box them, you've got the trifecta, and he only gives four tips in the race. So 
Box four, trifecta, $1,042. Wow. Box yeah. the first four, eight, seven, nine, and one, boxed up, 5920 Now, that is tipping, and that's putting money in the pockets of the, of the punters, and a big cheer went up where I was. Yeah, he's a mate of mine, so I don't sound biased, but Dust's been doing this a long time, Sorb, as you know, and he gets it right so often. So well, he he's does. the best and, in the and, business. And he stuff. had a fabulous day yesterday, but, mm. but that's something special that's um, yep. um you know that that's that's extra special yeah. to put money like that in in punters pockets Good on back, you, back to the rugby league Zorba, Nathan Cleary unbelievable come us the time come us the hour great teams great players find a way and Nathan Cleary lives for the big moments and um once he won the toss in extra time, elected to receive, run mm. with the wind in Golden Point. It was all over. A brave Newcastle were doomed last night once it went into extra time and they got that start. Cleary drove his team up, field goal in the first set of six in Golden Point, calmly landed it and broke the 15-year-old, 15-all scoreline. He's paid the big bucks. Mm. Newcastle deserved to win, but they didn't. They enjoyed the GOAT. Um, halfback years and years ago in Andrew Johns, and he won them plenty of games. But the goat has moved up to the foot of the mountain where the grass is greener. What a player, Nathan Cleary. Just on that, on Nathan Cleary, and there's mentioned to Dino Williams, some stories around obviously we're getting closer and closer to origin time, and Nico Hines, we all know he's a champion, and since he's been back, he's been so good for the Sharks. Some talk. He might get the six to play alongside Cleary at seven at origin level. What do you think, Saul? Oh, I, I think the, the current uh, New South Wales halves, Cleary and Luai, they play together every mm. week. And there's magic between them. But I, I wouldn't complain if um, if Nico Hines was um, was the 5'8". I, yeah. I actually sat down over the weekend and, and who's the best one to seven in the 2023 NRL? I, I've broken it down to three clubs. Penrith, Broncos, all the improving Sharks. My my ratings go Broncos 1 with Adam Reynolds just running the show, a brilliant fullback in Reese Walsh. And and why I give them the nod is I think their centres are better than the other two contenders in Stags and Farnworth and, and, a, and, and their wingers are very proficient as well. So I'm giving the Broncos one to seven is my top tag. Fair enough. Number yeah. two goes to Penrith, and you've got to give it to them um, with Edwards at fullback, Cleary at halfback, uh, Little Eye. I, I, I think they fall down in the centres a little bit, and and um, their wingers are proficient without being extra special. But the, the team that's coming through and looking really good at the moment is the team driven by Nico Hines at halfback, and that's Cronulla. Um, You've got exciting wingers in Katoa. And the personality player of the NRL, Ronaldo Mulatalo, I mean, he's just playing magnificently. Mm. Two big centres in Ramian and, um, and, and Talakai and, and, a, and a Matt Moylan, who's found his form. So they're the three back lines that I like in the NRL, and I think they're one, two, and three. And, and our listeners can probably put them in any order they like. But um, they're the three best as far as I'm concerned. Zorbri probably haven't given enough credit to the Warriors in the show this morning. Another win yesterday. That's five from seven. And mm. if you want an early contender for coach of the year, you'd almost have to go for Andrew Webster. 100% Bulldog. I mean, who would have believed after seven rounds of the 23 Premiership, the Warriors would win five and the Cowboys 
last year's one of the last year's glamour sides would lose five. Mm. And as you say, Andrew Webster's side, they're going really well. They beat the Cowboys 22-14 at home uh, last night. They're sort of third on the table and leave the Cowboys without a horse down in 15th spot. Sean Johnston's return to Auckland has seen the number seven revive his career under Webster. He's doing a fabulous job in his first NRL head coaching role. A lot more pattern of play, less of the hope for the best style of recent years. Playing at home after years on the road, helping the NRL out as um, as assisted the the, um, uh, the Warriors enormously. The Cowboys, though nowhere near the side of 12 months ago, they play the Knights at home, the Sharks away, and the Roosters in the Magic Round, and that'll decide their fate for 2023. Mm. They need to get a move on. Third last year, 17 wins behind Penrith and Cronulla after 24 rounds. They're nowhere near that at the moment. And talking about Magic Round, Bulldog, you hit the nail on the head with your story in the Telegraph this week. Um, I, I don't think that the NRL can risk playing in 18 days' time. I don't think they can risk playing eight games in three days. I don't think the ground can handle it. I would hate if there's rain, especially over the next two and a half weeks. I don't know how they get that ground ready to play those eight games in the three days. Um, I they mentioned have this morning's all... the road, I think, and play at least half the games down the M1 at the Gold Coast, which was in pristine condition mm. last night. I know they can only hold around 27,000 there. Maybe they can get some um, temporary seating in. Um, not close to the um, capacity of Suncorp or 50,000, but I don't think the NRL's going to have a choice. What do you think, Dina? Yeah, I mentioned this morning briefly, Zorb, that uh, the forecast suggests that 13 of, of the 16 days leading into Magic Round, the forecast is for rain. Gee. Well, they've got to do something straight away, Bulldog. I, I mean, you, you've let them know. The public know. I guess um, the hardest part is that tickets have been sold. Do something. Mm. Tickets have been sold, so it's a very difficult one for the NRL because if there's 50,000 tickets sold, I'm with you, Zorb, about Redcliffe and or Gold Coast to take some pressure off the Suncorp playing surface, but what do you do to yeah. those fans that have flown in and bought tickets? I think to Zorb's point, early call, Zorb. Make an early call. Make an early call, and most people that have booked flights, um, they're the ones that should get priority. If they have booked flights, hotels, they are the ones that should be in first. Um, and I know that's a bit harsh against the um, the Broncos fans that are at home, but at least play the Broncos at home. Uh, but the fans that are flying in, give them priority. Hotels are booked. Um, they've outlaid a lot of money to go. Um, but something's got to be done now to wait until the weekend and say, oh, how unlucky are we? Like, they've been warned. Mm. Like, the weather forecast, um, the ground itself, it is just not up to it. Mm. Yeah, no, good point. Hey, so before I get on to today's games, what did you make of the Sea Eagles win 18-8 against the Storm? Actually, I said to Dino earlier, I thought both of Friday's games were fantastic. Sharks 22, Roosters 12, and then your Manly 18, Storm 8. Well, they got back to the defence of the first round mm. where they really rattled the Bulldogs, and they got a big forward pack. And um, without Big Nelson, um, the um, the Melbourne pack just couldn't handle the Manly pack, and they were they were really put on their backsides in some uh, great defence in that game. Um, it, it was um, it was something mm. something to see, and they bounced back well. I want to mention um, 
the player manager ranks are often criticised in the game, but um, one of their best retired this week, and, and I'm sure Bulldog will back me up on this. He's a great guy. Player managers are much maligned in rugby league, but one of the best, Daryl Mather, called it a day this week after a long association with rugby league in a world where anything goes sometimes. Daryl Mather always maintained his dignity, honesty, and a real sense of care to his clients. And he's had some crackers and some recent crackers as well um, in players. Um, most of the players that he that he manages were straight out of school. I'd never hesitate to send a young player to Daryl Mather. He's looked after many stars of our game for many years. In recent times, the likes of Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, Jerome Luai, James Fisher-Harris, Dylan Edwards, a lot of Penrith players mm. under his management at SFX. He's always taken great delight in watching them grow from boys to men. Well done, Daz. Uh, enjoy your retirement. Great career. Do you know yeah, him, Dino? You know yeah, good him? man, Daryl. Yeah, yeah very, uh, very honest and very... Uh, what's the word? Honourable. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the right way of putting it. Now, Zorb, here's a text message about uh, Magic Round that mm. I should read out. Bulldog, I've spent thousands of dollars on flights, accommodation and tickets. It would be totally wrong if they move it now. The call is too late. Yeah, it's good so I'm you. hearing what you're saying, Zorb, and I agree with you, but I just don't know what the solution is. Yeah. Well, you're playing a quagmire. And imagine um, the last game of the weekend after uh, after seven games prior. you imagine what it's going to be like? Well, Parramatta's on that last day, as are the Dragons. I hope there's no knee injuries, otherwise, the, you know, what will hit the fan. Yeah, I, I, ooh, it's a worry, and mm. it's a real... It's a real puzzle for the NRL to come up with. But, look, there's 18 days. There's time to do something. Yeah, no, Referees it's... need to lighten up. I know that. Gee, some of them have got to start to smile, enjoy their jobs. Way too serious last night in Newcastle on the Gold Coast before big crowds. The ref got stage-struck and thin-skinned. Some of those decisions in both games, uh, particularly the hair-pulling one, the penalty against Dane Gagai, whilst in possession and their side in front, uh, and he did say something he shouldn't have said, but referees have got to be able to, you know, anticipate that and expect that. Give him a warning next time there's a break in play. But that's a harsh penalty, and then they scored 30 seconds later, and they weren't in the game at that what, stage. What, I, yeah. they, they've got a good job. Um, enjoy it, fellas. Smile. Go with it. Let the game flow. That's referee that. it like your referee Golden Point, where there's no six again and no penalties. <laughs> Funny how that works in Golden Point. Dino, that goes to your point, doesn't it, about just a common sense approach at times. Well, that's the thing about common sense, right? In the NRL bunker, it's not very common. (laughs) Fair enough. Hey, Zorby, mentioned Parramatta and St George earlier. They have uh, playing this afternoon the final two games this weekend's round. The 2 o'clock game is Canberra versus St George Illawarra at 4.05pm at Combank. Parramatta versus the Bulldogs. How do you see them, Zorby? Well, I, I see the game down in Canberra, the 2 o'clock game, as a real tight one. Um, Raiders and the Dragons. I don't think the Dragons are anywhere near as bad as a lot of people are making out. They've got a big pack. Um, I thought they were a little bit unlucky not to beat the Titans last week up there. Um, and I would be surprised if they bounced back today. But I'm I'm tipping Ricky's Raiders. They're, uh, um, they're a side that can rise and, and, and they need to. Um, they're, they're pretty much... Uh, down towards the uh, the end of the uh, of the ladder at the moment. Um, I think they'll beat the Dragons today, though, and I think the Eels will be too good for uh, the Bulldogs. Too many injuries at the Bulldogs, and they can't afford the players that they've got out to be out. And I think the Eels are much better than um, than the 14th spot they've got yeah. uh, in the competition at the moment. Who would have believed that um, after? Uh, 
after seven rounds, the Broncos, uh, Panthers, Warriors and Seagulls would be the top four. And then we've got a host of teams on eight points behind them. Um, and it's a very interesting competition. Mm, yeah, Parramatta certainly one of those teams that have to start winning. They're a dollar thirty-four. The Bulldogs are three thirty. The other game, Canberra are pretty short, dollar forty-five head to head to the Dragons, two seventy-five. Hey, Sorb, appreciate as always. We'll talk next Sunday. Look forward to it, Ray. Good on you, Bulldog. Have a good Sorb. one. Cheers. Peter Peters um, talking all things sport and rugby league as always. And that, yeah, Dino, you, you've touched on a really interesting subject now. NRL's almost, well, what do they do? Uh, the weather forecast, I think someone's just said, don't believe the weather forecast is Reese Suncorp. How many times are they wrong? Probably right. But um, yeah, what happens here, Dino? If that rain does come over the next, what you said, 13 of 16 days forecast for some rain, how will Suncorp cope? Well, Michelle from Dubbo says, you know, play Sun, uh, Magic Round across Suncorp, Townsville and Rabina, which is a good idea from Michelle. Probably a bit late for this year, yeah. though. Uh, there's another text here, no name. Run buses to the Goldie and the Redcliffe. But yeah. you're going to have to tell 20,000 people, Ray, who have bought tickets, you're not going to the game. Yeah, and or you've got to get on a bus and go to the Gold Coast because yeah. I mean, your, your hotel's up there. 52 so. doesn't go into 27. So yeah. there's a lot of people are going to miss out. So yeah. I did think the NRL's hands are tied at the yeah, moment. it's a tough one. It's a tough I don't one. think they can do anything other than just pray it doesn't rain mm. and hopefully that Suncorp can get back into some nick. They are working on it. They've got a 10-day ga- gap mm-hmm. now until the next event. To work on the, the field. And they are literally... The playing surface. I spoke yeah. to the general manager up at Suncorp uh, on Thursday. They are literally working overnight to try to get the ground fixed. Fingers crossed. We better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Skipped breakfast. Morning, Gutho. Who's in charge of the music at the Eels? Definitely not me. I try and stay away. Too much pressure when the music's on. Uh, someone like Fox doesn't care what people think, so uh, he just chucks whatever he wants. Is it the big speaker? Points. Do you have the big speaker too, Gutho? Uh, we've got it in the gym. We don't take it to games. Back in 2018, when it was sort of becoming a thing, we lost every single game, so that got canned pretty quick. So we haven't brought the speaker back, but... Um, in 18, we gave it a try, and as I said, we lost pretty much every game, so uh, went out the window pretty quickly, but uh, pretty common these days. The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. Get live racing on tap with a tap up. See every earth-shattering race live. With not one, not two, but all three Sky Racing channels. Plus tips from Sky experts. And a bit of this. This too. Some of this and this. For all three Sky Racing channels on tap, download the Tap app. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Pick your favourite Kia. From the award-winning Kia Sportage to the street-cred-delivering Kia Seltos or Kia's most powerful car ever, the all-electric EV6 GT. Book a test drive today to find your chosen one. Find out more at kia.com.au or drop into your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. On Val Ranald, 97.1 FM. Ralston, 88 FM. Orange, 106.7 FM. And Cumdoblin, 92.1 FM. This is Sky Sports Radio, your racing and sports leader. Oh dear.
David Warner just looking to accelerate, push the strike rate, and he perishes. A beautiful moment though for Vischer. Getting a big wicket of David Warner. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. That was Warner getting out in the IPL. Do you hope he finds some form ahead of the Ashes series, Dino? I fear the worst with David Warner, and I've been a fan mm. for as long as I can remember. And I sat here six months ago saying, get off you his back, him let him score some runs. He scored the big double hundred uh, on Boxing Day, but I just wonder with the ball swinging around over there whether he's got the footwork yeah. to cope. Historically, he struggles in England, but um, if he can have a good series, gee, it'd, it'd lay a platform who, for Australia to win. Who goes in, Ray? Hypothetically, if they don't go with Warner. Mm. I, I can't believe Bancroft is still on the outer. You know, he's got a mountain of runs. Most runs of the Sheffield Shield yeah. this year. And it, when he's gone to play county cricket, he's done well. Uh, but he, he seems to have his paper stamped, doesn't he? They keep talking about Mark uh, Marcus Harris, but mm. gee, Marcus Harris has only been averaging 30 at best, I reckon. In his limited test matches. He's had a few chances, hasn't he? Yes. Um, plenty of people want to have their say, particularly about Magic Round. John's on the line. John, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Dean. How are you? Terrific. Thanks um, for waiting look, for us, John. That's all right. That's all right. I, I, we'll, we'll see where the um, NRL stand on uh, safety and welfare of players. Like They go on about how good they are with the concussions. We all know they've done the right thing in the 11 days and the... And they're stamping out the hip drop and this, that, and the other. But this ground is a cow paddock. Mm. Um, they've got to make a call, otherwise they they will be looking at a lawsuit in the next over the next few weeks if if anything goes wrong. John Azza has just texted in very similar to your comments. What about duty of care when players in the Magic Round start getting injured because of the surface? Yep. I mean, it, it, yep. this is a hypothetical. We don't know that injuries will unfold, and we hope that they don't. But if it does rain consistently leading up to the game, by game three or four, Ray and John, you know, it will yep. be a bog. Mm-hmm. By that Sunday, that last game at 6.15, you know, I, I do fear that it would be almost unplayable. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a South supporter, and we played at some court the other night. We're then playing... Uh, Brisbane in a couple of weeks, and then Melbourne in the Magic Round. I tell you what, we'll, we'll be dodging bullets every week. Mm. Hey, John, um, Tommy's just texting, Ray and Bulldog, they can't even consider moving some games and get buses for the crowds, etc. For example, on Saturday, my youngest child goes for the Panthers, my other child goes for South. How do we get from the Goldie or Redcliffe to watch both? Mm. We have planned this for two years, and it wouldn't be right to change it with less than 21 days before kick off. It's a valid point. Tommy's got a really good point and there are a lot of people in that boat, John. Yep, yep. Well, who's more important? They do talk about the players' welfare. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And we'll see We'll see where they really stand on that. No, good point, John. Good point, John. Here's but, another but, option, but, Ray. It, uh, that, just, sorry, Dean. Just to Tommy's point there, for a lot of people with young families, etc., they would have planned for this for Absolutely. a long time. And it's not cheap, Dino. So, gee, it's a tough call for the NRL. What about this? This is a bit left field. They play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. Would playing a Thursday night game, it wouldn't It wouldn't take away from the eight games. Spread it out. But at mm. least it could spread out and they could do a little bit of work overnight. And it Monday would take game? the burden off the Sunday 
and Saturday where there's three games each. At a Monday game? Is it too late to do this? I don't know. Probably. Everything's too late. Yeah, true. Yeah. Everything is too late at the yeah, moment, right? But is. yeah, it, it's a it's a quandary and the NRL at the moment, as I said before, I spoke to Graham Annesley and he said we have no plans to move anything because it's just you know, too late. Mm. I mean, what if you bought four tickets, oh, Ray, to Suncorp and they say Gold Coast? You might only get two tickets. Yeah. Well, so you've got to go tell your kids you can't come to the football. As that gentleman said in his text, his kids go for different teams. How can they get from one venue to the other if they do move it? It's a really tough one. And I just hope, as you said, they're doing plenty of work on it and that they can get it fixed. Um, Travis had to replace Warren at the top of the order. That's that makes fine. sense. So yeah. who comes into the middle order? Yeah, because you're almost replacing like for like there, aren't yeah. you? Because Head just takes the game on. I love his approach. Um, middle order. You've got a number of options, haven't you? I like Travis Head. He's become the third or fourth best batsman in the world, batting at four or five, mm, right? Mm. Where was he batting? Oh, you're batting at five. Five. Why was so he why dropped for the first test? Mm, why was he dropped for the first test? We've gone to that path before. Who knows? But um, why move him, though? Because Is I that think weakening his position to try to yeah, I know what strengthen you're another position where in terms it's not his Position. I think it's not where he's natural. I think there might be more, more depth in our in our sort of lower order, top order bats. So it makes sense. Like the players are about four to six, as distinct from our openers. Where's Will Pukowski at? He was only the uh, golden gee, child a couple of years ago. I know he's had a lot of issues a lot with of concussions. concussions, but you, you talk to people in the game, he's the next big thing. If, if, will, will they take him on the Ashes tour just as an investment for the future? Oh, maybe as an investment, but he hasn't played enough cricket to get a game he's over there. He's played a fair bit of shield cricket this year. Matches. He's know? got a lot of runs. No, he hasn't set the world on fire, but yet, everyone still rates him so highly in the sport. So, I just think yeah. moving head, Ray, where he's been so good in the middle order, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense to me in that surely we can find an opener. Do we have to weaken our middle order to try to attempt to strengthen it at the top. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Dino, we're looking forward to the Ashes Day 4 at Lords, And we had William Haggis on the show last Sunday and he's already said it mightn't go that long because baseball's a huge thing. We saw Harry Brooks score runs in the IPL. He comes in at four for England. He plays test cricket like he's playing IPL. Talk about Warner taking game away from opposition. Harry can do it in a matter of a few overs. He's incredible. Great to watch when it's all going well. Yeah. You you got that theory that the Australian bowling attack, because they're so they're world class and they're so consistent, will be able to tie the English batsmen down. If they can, maybe they can frustrate them a bit. Well you can't just go in there and think you can take every attack in the world apart. England do. <laughs> yeah. But it won't work, right? It's got to fall on its ass at some point. It yeah. fell on its ass in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. In that last test match, didn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um Mitch Marsh as an opener? No. No? No. Not for me. Love him. Mm. Great 2020 batsman. If he was to play test cricket, I'd have him batting at six or seven. I certainly wouldn't put him as an opener. Yeah. Dino, I don't know about this one. You might better help me here. Um, boys, I wanted to take my wife today to the Parramatta game as she is a big fan of the Eels. I can't believe a ticket around the 30-metre line is $100 each. This is ridiculous for one game of footy. We'll watch it on our lounge. Ticket gouging has to stop. Um, what's your take on all this? I think you wrote a story about this not that long ago. I did. Uh, I saw a fair bit of chit-chat on social media about the tickets for this game at Parramatta today. Some mm. were suggesting it was even more than $100. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't like it, Ray. I don't think... Look, it's a premium event, mm. and premium events cost money these days. There's no getting around that. But it's a game of footy. 
And for 100 bucks, it's an awful lot of money. And clubs are gouging. I don't like it. They will charge more for certain games. Parramatta clearly know that Canterbury will draw a big crowd, so they jack their prices up. You don't want the Roosters price, do it. Yeah. I don't like it, though. You don't want to price hardcore fans out of the It's the, the working-class game, Ray. Yeah. It's the working-class game, and we've got to remember that. No matter what we do, we can't price the battler mm. out of going to the footy with his kids. Because that's how we all grew up as kids. Absolutely. With our mums and dads going to the bloody footy on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. We loved it. Mm. Please don't take it away from us. Correct. Hey, Dino, so the score is 5-4, is it? 4-3. 5-4? 5 5-4. 5-4. 5-4. Yeah, no. Producer Steve said 5-4. Five, 5-4. Four. Five, four. So, okay. League Super Quiz time. Call now, 13.53.53. That's 13.53.53 to be part of a League Super, League Super Quiz. We're, part, we're playing for a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab. It's Cheval Grand. Cheval Grand goes on and wins the Japan Cup. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Experience city-class racing country style at the Darley Scone Cup Carnival. It's the richest country racing carnival in Australia with over $2 million on offer across two fantastic days in May. Highlighted by the Darley Scone Cup and the Group 3 Emirates Park Dark Jewel. With fashions on the field and Bjorn again live after the last race on Saturday, it's the Country Cup Carnival not to be missed. The Darley Scone Cup Carnival, May 12 and 13. For hospitality packages and tickets, go to sconeraceclub.com.au. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. There's a new place to get it all on tap. And it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. The beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For all the best in racing and the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via Mwillimbar, 1593am, Barnum, 94.9fm, Colorenabri, 97.1fm, and Grafton, 101.5fm. Murphy to win it! The title defence continues for Melbourne Victory! And one of the great Liberty On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. That was the elimination final yesterday in the Women's A-League. Melbourne victory beat Melbourne City 4-1 on penalties. The game was 3-3 at full time. So um, bad luck for Melbourne City. Can I give my little niece a plug? Go for it. She's a star dancer, absolute genius. And um, her name's Jess, my sister's daughter and she's in the emerging 
Knights cheerleader squad. Right, good for yeah, her. Because she's only 14 years old. So she's still too young to be in the main squad. But yesterday she had her first NRL game. Um, the Knights versus the Panthers game. They gave the emerging cheerleader squad a, a taste of what is to come in the next couple of years. And my sister sent a couple of um, pictures of her daughter. Very proud uncle, me. Good for you. Very yeah, nice. She's a star. Congratulations. Good on you, Jess. Producer Steve in studio, coin toss. Heads, know? please, Steve. Uh, Heads it is. I might go first rate yep. and get some runs on the board, hopefully. And that would mean you, John. Are you there? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good morning, mate. I hope you're well. Let's get straight into it, John. Good luck, John. Yep, thanks. Question one. What does the Newcastle Knights' major sponsor sell? Red Energy. Electricity. No, it's got here health or insurance, John. Oh, it's from the back, yeah. Uh, You sounded very confident there. I was a bit worried. Yeah. yeah. Question (laughs) number two, John. Who has played the most games for the Gold Coast Titans? Is it A, Anthony Don, B, Mark Minicello, or C, Scott Prince? Minicello. Correct. Well done. I would have gone Anthony Don there. Well done, Well done. Okay, John, question three. Where did the new St. George Illawarra venture play their first game in the NRL? Was it A, Wynn Stadium, B, SCG, or C, Stadium Australia? Stadium Australia. Well done. Was that the double-headed? 107 Yeah, I think I was there that day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well done, well John. Done. Two John, out of three. John knows his footy. Hey, um, Dino, someone's chimed in, no name, to stop raid cheating. Dean should ask the questions to Ray's contestant, and Ray should ask the questions to Dean's contestant to stop me cheating. I told you, Ray. No, They're no, starting no. to is wake that, up to you. you. Is that you texting in, Dino? They're starting to wake up to you. Is that you texting in? This little boy lost is starting to oh, wear thin on them. Boy, They're seeing right. through it. Hey, Mark, you on the line? Yeah, good morning, Ray don't, and Dean. Don't listen, don't listen to this bander, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, best of luck, mate. Here we go. Question number one. What number is the New Zealand Warriors' major sponsor's name? What what number? Yeah. Uh, it's just got like New Zealand one on it or something. Oh, producer Steve yeah, said enough. thumbs up. Yeah, answer was one. Well done, Mark. Good on you, mate. Question number two. This is multiple choice, and I'm going to keep my voice monotone here, Dino. I'll be checking. Okay. <laughs> Who has played the most games for the Canberra Raiders? A, Jason Croker. B, Laurie Daly. C, Jared Croker. How's that, Dino? Good. What, what do you uh, think, so, Mark? Uh, Jason Croker. Well done, Mark. Oh, good, this good is a game. thriller, Ray. Here we go. And this is, question, this is for the game, Mark. Multiple choice. Where did the New West Tigers venture play their first game in the NRL? A. Lidcombe Oval. B. Leichhardt Oval. C. Campbelltown Stadium. Campbelltown Stadium, and it was a draw with the Broncos. Oh, oh Mark, you're a Tigers man, are you? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you knew that. Well, congratulations, Mark. Hey, Mark, a $100 cash card courtesy of Tabbers coming your way. Stay on the line, Mark. Well done, mate. Thank you, Ray. Have a good day, boys. You too, Mark. His jog's a bit stiff. He was. Two out of three gets and he rolled. Answered, he answered some tough ones too. So 6-4 is the score. Uh, text from Matt mm-hmm. here from Parks, Ray. Uh, looked up tickets for the Parramatta Bulldogs game. $120. It really blew me away. $120. It's a lot of money to go mm-hmm. watch a game of football. It's supply demand, isn't it, Dino? Unfortunately, it is the way of the world. Coming Look, I said it the other day to you, Ray. I think uh, maybe off air. A CEO explained it to me. 
He said, if you own a motel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you mm. might charge a hundred bucks. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you might charge 140 bucks. That's gouging. Yep. Or is it the ugliness of ticket gouging? Or is supply it just business? It's supply and demand. Is the magic round weekend, no doubt the hotels will charge more. Good luck to them. It's, they make a lot of money. It's I mean, I don't business. like it, but that's no. just reality, I guess. Coming up next, Jared Daffy with his words of wisdom. On the Big Sports Breakfast... Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Where do missing socks go? How do you throw away a garbage can? Do fish sleep? Why do donuts have holes? If you find out, can you let me know, please? Jared Daffy's words of wisdom. If at first you don't succeed, then skydiving is not for you. <laughs> please explain. Jared Daffy, good morning. Good morning, what? boys. Just on that theme yeah. of uh, yeah. cost increases when it's deemed necessary by the authorities or whoever the owners are. What about petrol coming mm. into uh, yeah. holiday, holiday school holiday times? Yeah. Mysteriously goes up 40 cents a litre. 100%. Yeah. It's always, it's time magnificently, isn't it? Mm. It's just yeah, a it pe- family and about to take off on holidays. Mm. They all go up the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not the, to anybody else. And they say there's no collusion. No, of course there's not. Seriously. Yeah. I know the roosters, they, they are going to bump up the Anzac Day Dragons mm. tickets. That is a great for day, the away bay, yeah. two hundred bucks. Is it? Yeah. I'm not sure how much they charge for the Anzac Day uh, clash in Melbourne, that uh, Collingwood v Essendon one, but I know that it sold out in two hours. Mm. Ninety. 95 or 96,000 people. That's so. the thing, Jared. People are still buying tickets. League games are selling out every week now. Yeah, and there'll be a yeah. massive crowd at Combank this afternoon. So we complain about the prices, but, but people are paying it. Yeah, Supply it, and demand, isn't it? It is, yeah. That, that's basic rule of economics. So look, mm. and if a club can make money, that, that's that's what they're in business to do anyway. Hey, Jared. Yeah, Dino, you're yeah. the deep thinker on this show. That <laughs> is a <laughs> concern. <laughs> Why does mineral water that's trickled through the mountains for centuries... Have a use-by date. Very good point. <laughs> like it. I like that one. Outstanding today. You're on your game. That's up there with the skydive if you don't succeed. <laughs> 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 I like it. Hey, Jerry, we've been talking about how good the footy's been this weekend. We've had some cracking games. Two more games to complete this weekend's round. 2 p.m. Raiders versus Dragons. 4.05 p.m. Eels and Bulldogs. Well, I guess we'll find out today whether the Raiders are back in form or not. Good mm-hmm. Raiders will win, and punters have been happy to take the dollar forty-five here. Uh, the Dragons are two seventy-five. We've got a line of six and a half points in favour of Canberra, and in the big clash, Parramatta v the Bulldogs. Uh, she's all pretty much one-way traffic here. Uh, Parramatta one thirty-four, the Bulldogs three thirty, a line of nine and a half points. And as is usually the case, we've got next weekend's matches up and. What about this one Thursday night, South yeah. v Penrith? South, 265 outsiders. I think there'll be some takers there. Uh, Penrith, $1.48. And we have updated the NRL title, and it looks like this. Penrith, 375. The Roosters, 650. South, 7. Uh, Brisbane back into 8. Melbourne, 8. Cronulla into 12. I think they were 19, 18 or 19 before the weekend. Manly, 15. The rest are 23 or better. Mm. Just interrupting, Jared. There's a text here from Mudgy Bronco saying, uh, "Magic Round Ray, move it to the Gabba," which does make some sense. Mm. I've just googled it though. The Gabba's forty-two thousand. Suncorp's fifty-two thousand. So even oh, that yeah. Mudgy Bronco is a 10, good idea. But there's ten thousand people, which is a lot of money mm. and a lot of heartache to be told. Guess what? You're not going to the game today. And all those tickets sold. 
Are they sold out? Yeah. Yeah. Gee, well, if I can just give you one example of mm. the Magic Round, and we know how successful that's been, and it's been the benchmark for this gather round um, in, in the AFL of comparisons, but I know a group of 20, uh, 20 young fellas who came up from Adelaide last year, rugby league enthusiasts, who spent the whole weekend in Brisbane because they could go each day to mm. all of the matches. I, I just, It's just too late, I think, to be it's talking about it, yeah. moving them. Maybe we look at a city, Jared. i.e. could still be Brisbane, but have two venues in the city. Yeah. So we still get magic round in that, in that city, and the atmosphere is still great, mm. but there's four games well, in each or it's five in, games. interesting, isn't it, Jerry, that the AFL have used a lot of the suburban grounds, not just Adelaide Oval, for their gather round this weekend. Yeah, and I think I think they had to anyway, but uh, they're probably thankful they did, Ray, because yeah. of all that rain last night, you can imagine how much uh, Adelaide Oval was dug up. Mm. But it was interesting watching that match yesterday. I don't know whether, you, whether you've discussed this one or not, but at Mount Barker, 35 k's or so out of um, out of Adelaide, just a well, it's a a fair income suburban yeah. ground, and I think they they uh, structured it so they could squeeze seven thousand in, and they sold could have sold the tickets a hundred times. But mm. the atmosphere was electric, even though there was only seven thousand people there. Jared yeah. AFL into NBA. The AFL today uh, we've got three matches on as this gather round continues. Uh, Geelong a dollar and six, West Coast nine dollars. A big big start here of fifty and a half points to West Coast. GWS a dollar forty four. Uh, Hawthorne two dollars eighty line of fifteen and a half points and no doubt the game of the round. And what about those narks who wanted to move this match back to Melbourne because <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. they could have sold a hundred thousand tickets. Yeah. Anyway, Collingwood a dollar forty four. The unbeaten Saints at two seventy five. That line is fourteen and a half points, so that's the final match for the round. It's been a fair bit of change uh, uh, with this market to win the flag. It's a poison chalice being flag favourites. Mm. Melbourne beaten Yesterday, they were standalone favourites, so they go out a little bit. Collingwood and Melbourne now the equal favourites at five. Brisbane into seven. Geelong, eight. Sydney, ten, along with Carlton. St Kilda, 17. Uh, Port Adelaide, 18. And Essendon, they're into 19 after beating Melbourne yesterday. I had a look at what prices we gave St Kilda and Essendon before the season got yeah. underway, and they were 41 and 67, respectively. But wow. Long way to go, but they're both going okay at the moment. Yeah, the changes the coaches have worked, hasn't it? Both certainly clubs. has. Mm. Uh, you touched on the NBA there, Dean, and the playoffs are underway. We've had a couple of matches already, and uh, we've got uh, one currently in progress, Cleveland v. New York. That loses with one to come, and this will be some sort of a, a, a clash. Sacramento and Golden State, they opened equal favourites when we put this market up earlier in the week, and they're still equal favourites. $1.92, take your pick. And uh, we've got um, tomorrow's matches. There's a handful on there tomorrow, and some of Tuesdays and Wednesdays as well. So full steam ahead with the NBA playoffs. And a couple of games to complete this weekend's Super Netball round, Jared. There is. Uh, the early match today, Queensland 6.25, West Coast Fever $1.10, a line of 11.5 points. And the Lightning $2.05, the Swifts $1.75. And I thought I might quickly update the Everest market Ray, mm-hmm. given what we saw yesterday, he was awesome, giga kick. Yeah. So he goes back to Victoria for a little bit of a spell. He's the favourite at the moment at five. I wish I win at six, Marzu eight. Then the rest are 11 or better. Amelia's Jewel, who certainly wouldn't have lost any admirers from her performance yesterday in WA, but Giga kicked the fave there at $5. Uh, Jared, I know I make a bit about the fact that both those two horses, Giga Kick and I Wish I Win, haven't been snapped up yet. I suppose it's understandable because 
the connections of those two horses. They're in the box seat now. They can really drive drive the negotiations, Reed yeah. Everest. Yeah, I'd love to be able to sit in on one of these negotiations and see how it all works or who comes at you. But, I mean, they're the obvious yeah. two, aren't they? Uh, particularly yeah. Giga Kick. But, um, yeah, there's no rush with them. He'll no. go for a spell now. They can sit down and, and take on all comers and work it out for themselves, the best deal. But, uh, oh, he's something else, Giga mm. Kick. Only beaten the ones. Jared, have you lured any other suckers down to Currawa Surf Club <laughs> under the preface of buying coffee and muffins and uh, not paying for them? Not <laughs> As in, in uh, actually, I, I eat myself? On, I was working on a mate who um, who's up from Victoria at the moment, trying to get him in this morning. Oh, but, you'll get uh, him. Uh, he, no, he's, he's sort of semi-bailed out. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Maybe they're starting to wake up. Yeah, but what a, what a magnificent time of the year. I think it's going to a rather balmy 29 degrees today. There's not a cloud in the sky. I don't know why you don't move here, Dino. You can do this show from from a, an apartment. No, never say never, Jared. Okay. The never only thing is never. that they, what they don't do here is shoot home and away. <laughs> Good <But> point. <laughs> out at Movie World, of course, uh, they've got a lot of blockbuster movies uh, that they make out there. So you can go out and hang around there and hopefully get, a, get us an extra. No, I'd prefer to stay, but home... Homegrown drama, yeah. Jared. I'm not a movie buff. You can't get the boy out of Forestville, Jared. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jared. Thanks so much, mate. We'll talk next week. See you, boys. See you, mate. There's Jared Daffy talking all things sporting odds. Uh, Phil Moss is about to join us, and I want to ask him about this man, Erling Haaland. He's done it again. Two goals for Manchester City. He's now got 32 goals from 30 games. He's on track to break the record. Phil Moss, good morning. He's you just morning, have, Ray. You just have some uh, players are just they're just natural goal scorers. This man just seems to get himself into the right position all the time. Yeah, that's spot on. Uh, morning to you and, and Bulldog and all our listeners, and happy Greek Easter, Greek Orthodox it, yeah. Easter to all our uh, all our listeners who uh, who are celebrating today. Um, incredible. He's. <laughs> He's now equaled uh, Mo Salah's record for the number of goals, 32, um, in the EPL in the 38-game uh, the 38-game EPL era. Um, and his, his penalty was absolutely clinical, hitting the side netting. And then his run and finish. And uh, Harry Sutter, was, uh, the, the soccer star, was, uh, was on his heels but just couldn't do enough to, to put him off his stride and, and, and stop the finish. And um, he's just, as you said, he, some... Players are just born with this knack of knowing where to be and when to be there and, and then how to execute. And uh, there's not many of them that are born with the natural instincts that he is. Um, and he's, he's just a joy to watch. And again, we, we say it time and time again, this is his first season in the EPL. And that is what is just even more remarkable for me because it usually takes players time to settle in. Now, Mossy, Villa uh, keep their European hopes alive with a win over Newcastle. Yeah, that's right. They uh, they put Newcastle to the sword, Bulldog, 3-0. Um, Ollie Watkins has uh, been in incredible form, the, the Villa striker, and we saw him um, out here in Australia last off-season, and um, he's just been phenomenal. He was, he was fantastic in those games, and uh, he's carried that into the season. They're sitting in sixth spot. Um, they're on 50 points, um, and uh, they're, they're holding on to a Europa spot as, as we speak. So who, who would back against them? I mean, if you look below them, you know, obviously Liverpool um, are still six points below a Europa League spot. Um, Brighton are, uh, are one point behind them. Um, but you know, like, and I can't. Chelsea for me, they're they're done. They're mm-hmm. done and dusted. They're now eleven spots uh, from from Aston Villa. 
um, in 11th, uh, 11th, 11th position. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't bet against Villa holding on to that, although, of course, we want Liverpool to keep uh, to start climbing the ladder and secure at least Europa, if not Champions League. I can't believe we're saying that, Ray, but anyway. Um, but, yeah, full Something. credit to Villa. They're Something. doing really well. Now, Mossy Bournemouth, big win over Spurs. Uh, well, Everton, they fall to Fulham at home. Well, let's let's go there first, yep. Bulldog, because Everton... They, they are in strike. Leicester are in strike. We've said that. I, I still think Leicester can do and will have enough just to to creep out of that um, relegation zone. They're now on 25 points in 19th position, so they're two points from safety, and that is Everton, who are uh, who are two points above them in 17th spot. But Everton are in freefall. Um, I, I think they're in huge. We were talking about it last season. Um, the, the sort of danger that they were in. They they survived by the skin of their teeth. I, I just think the rod has set in at Everton. I, I, I can't see them surviving this season. Um, and I think Leicester will just climb themselves to to safety. And Manchester City, um, of course, was the, the game overnight that Leicester lost. So they were kind of always expected to lose that game, particularly, particularly at the Etihad with the form that Haaland is in. But I think they'll they'll climb to safety now. But Everton, they're in free fall. Um, and that's a terrible result. But if we look at the Bournemouth result, this was incredible. This was a way to Spurs, and they won in the 95th minute, Altara, um, with the winner. Um, topsy-turvy game, um, but, um, yeah, creating that winner, scoring it in the 95th minute, um, puts them six points uh, above safety, um, and a massive, massive away win. To, to go to Spurs and win 3-2 when you're fighting for your Premier League survival is a huge three points. Exactly, yeah. Hey, Mossy, back home, the Western Sydney Wanderers, two Melbourne victory, one, and that secures the Wanderers their first finals in six seasons, I think it is now. Yeah, full credit to Marco Rudan and um, Paul Letterer, the owner, and uh, and everyone at Western Sydney. Um, they had to do something drastic to turn things around because it was six seasons without finals football, yeah. which is... Uh, by uh, Western Sydney standards, embarrassing um, for a club of that um, standing and that size and the resources they've got available to them. Um, and Marco Rudan has gone in there and swept the, the broom through the place and uh, not not just the playing staff, but the coaching staff as well. And, um, you know, they, they're going to play finals football. That was confirmed last night with that win over Melbourne victory. A little bit controversial, Roderick Miranda um, <clears throat> with a red card that I think was a turning point in the game. But I, I think it was a red card. Tony Popovich was bristling after the game that um, maybe it shouldn't have been. Um, I, I don't think the referee had any alternative but to show Miranda Red um, with the help of VAR. But um, credit to Western Sydney Wanderers. They went on with the game. Um, they, they've been in scintillating form in, in games and, and they've been rock solid in other games where, where you've got to be to pick up the points. So, um, yeah, it's good to see them back in the finals because the league needs them in the finals. Absolutely. Mossy, stay on the line for our Brisbane listeners. They're about to leave us to go to past the post. Of course, you can continue listening on the internet. Hey, uh, Mossy, this was a huge game yesterday. I, I, I did haven't seen it yet. I've kind of watched it on replay. Central Coast Mariners won. Melbourne City won. It was third versus first. Did it live up to the hype? Oh, absolutely! This was this was an incredible game of uh, of football, Ray. And um, you know, I tipped going into the weekend that I thought the Mariners may just uh, sneak an upset here and, and get the three points. Well, they got one point, 
Um, and they had to come from behind because Jordan Boss uh, for Melbourne City, a newly uh, newly inked Socceroo, uh, scored a fantastic goal with his right foot and his left fullback. So left left footed player scoring with his right foot, but a great goal. Uh, he's headed for big things. He'll he'll be overseas before we know it. Um, and then Josh Nisbet replied in kind for the Mariners in the 78th minute to to grab that point, but. Liam, uh, Liam Reddy, Danny Vukovic uh, was unbelievable in goal for the Mariners and he pulled off some huge saves late in that game to secure the point. Um, Melbourne City came home really strongly, um, but it was a wonderful game. If that's if that's a, an appetiser for the finals and what's ahead, we're in for an unbelievable final series this season. And just finally, Mossy, Newcastle, they've kept their slim finals hopes alive with a rather dramatic win over MacArthur. Yeah, it was Bulldog, and uh, look, Brandon O'Neill, special uh, shout-out to him. He scored a wonder goal for Newcastle. He's a Newcastle captain um, to, to get all three points for Arthur Pappas's men on uh, on Friday night, that game was, and, um, you know, dedicated to his dad. He lost his dad uh, to cancer uh, in the last couple of years, and I worked with Brandon at Sydney FC and got to, got to meet his family and his dad, and... You know, this was uh, one of those moments that, um, you know, make all the hard work worthwhile. And um, and you couldn't meet a better guy than, than Brandon O'Neill and, and the O'Neill family. So really happy for him and, and proud of him um, to pop up and score such an important goal. And that just keeps Newcastle in seventh spot, 29 points, um, which is level with Sydney FC, um, who take on Perth this afternoon in a massive, massive game. Perth glory, one point behind Sydney FC. Um, and uh, can't wait for that one this afternoon on Paramount Plus. Exactly, Mossy. Where are we going with your multi today? Well, we've got. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay local, mm-hmm. um, Ray, because my EPL bet overnight was zero from three. So uh, it's not my confidence okay. flying. So I'm going to stick with, with, with what I know. Um, but yeah, some uh, some big games. Three games this afternoon. You've got Wellington Phoenix hosting Brisbane Raw, so I'm going to go to the Phoenix in that one. Uh, Ufford Calais has announced that he will definitely leave the Phoenix at the end of the season. There's a lot of conjecture around that, so he's definitely moving on to where we don't know yet. But Phoenix to beat Brisbane at home. I'm going to tip Sydney FC to get the points over Perth Glory, and I'm going to tip Adelaide to beat Western United at home. So Wellington Phoenix into Sydney FC into Adelaide United. Terrific, Phil. Thanks so much as always, mate. We'll talk next Sunday. Always a pleasure, mate. Take care. There's Mossy talking the world of football. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. The final seat to be decided in the New South Wales election has been called for the Liberal Party following a recount. Clinton Maynard reports. After three weeks, finally all lower house seats have been declared. A recount in the electorate of Riot has seen Jordan Lane's victory over Labor's Lyndall Howison confirmed by just 54 votes. The declaration means Labor's won 45 seats, leaving Premier Chris Minns too short of a majority. On election night, it appeared Labor would not need to rely on independence, but they will. The upper house is still to be finalised. While the Yes campaign for the voice to Parliament will feature some of Australia's greatest Indigenous sporting stars, it's been revealed the No campaign will be fronted by everyday First Nations people. Campaigners have travelled to remote Australian communities to record stories of Aboriginal Australians to support the No vote. Former ALP National President Warren Mundine will lead the campaign, which will have the message, this is not my voice. 
Mobile phones in schools could be banned across the country under a proposed national policy. Federal Education Minister Jason Clare says he will discuss the move with his state and territory counterparts. Blanket bans are already in force in Victoria, WA and Tasmania, while New South Wales is preparing to introduce bans from Term 4. Today marks 10 years since the Boston Marathon bombing which killed three and injured hundreds. Families of those killed, survivors and supporters have walked the stretch of the marathon and gathered at the finishing line. Our US correspondent Alison Petrowski says it was a sombre moment. The bells of Dunblane playing on those bagpipes. As they stopped and visited that wreath, hundreds if not thousands of Bostonians there gathering at the finish line having a moment and thinking about how that attack changed their city forever. Still overseas and Germany's last remaining nuclear plants are closing their doors, ending the nation's 60-year nuclear history. There are calls for the decision to be reversed and keep the plants active amid an energy crisis. Greens MP Harold Ebner says it's crucial the stations are taken offline. This is a very important day for Germany. It may be a small step, but I think it's a giant switch for mankind because one of the most important industrial nations of the world is now getting rid of nuclear power and uh, so we will show it works. Alpacas are one of the most popular animal exhibits at the Sydney Royal Easter Show. Shannon Morris checks out the competition. Alpacas have been part of the Sydney Royal Easter Show since 1869 and their competition is internationally renowned and regarded as one of the most prestigious. They're also one of the most popular animal displays in the final days of the show. Convener Karen Burns explains what the judges are looking for. Confirmation and then um, the fineness of the fleece across the whole animal. So every year sort of aiming for better and better fleeces so there's more production to be able to sell. Today's highlights include the best baby puppy judging and best dog in show. At the Sydney Royal Easter Show, Shannon Morris, Air News. And one of the world's largest military drills will be held in Australia. More than 30,000 Allied personnel with dozens of ships, aircraft and armoured vehicles will be stationed off the East Coast in July for Talisman Sabre 2023. This is Air News. <laughs> The Broncos have downed the Titans 43-26 to in the NRL. Brisbane trailed by four points at halftime. As Romain scored six tries, he says teamwork was key for their second-half performance. We sort of just uh, went into the sheds, regrouped, and um, got a big uh, message from Kev to, you know, just get back to playing Bronco footy. That audio thanks to Fox Sports in the earlier games. The Panthers defeated the Knights 16-15, to the match being sent to a golden point. The Warriors beat the Cowboys 22-14. to in the AFL's gather round, Brisbane has smashed North Melbourne by a whopping 75 points. Kangaroos coach Alastair Clarkson says his team was off the pace. We made some really basic errors through the middle of the ground. Full credit to Brisbane. Uh, the pressure that they applied through that middle, middle part of the ground gave them the easy turnovers and the goals out the back. It ended up just breaking your spirit a little bit. Essendon defeated Melbourne 104 to 77. Port Adelaide beat the Western Bulldogs 70 to 56. The Waratahs have downed the Western Force 36 to 16 in their Super Rugby Pacific clash. The Chiefs have defeated the Hurricanes 33 to 17. Melbourne City and Central Coast have drawn one all in the A League Men's. Western Sydney beat Melbourne Victory two. 2-1 in the A-League Women's Playoffs. Melbourne victory 4-3 winners over Melbourne City after penalties. And wins to the GWS Giants and Adelaide Thunderbirds in the Super Netball. Australian Independent Radio News. 
Where do you go for all the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue? Totally Workwear Rydalmere. With the temperature cooling, now is the time to get in store and check out the massive range of pants, jackets and jumpers. Just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Experience city-class racing country style at the Darley Scone Cup Carnival. It's the richest country racing carnival in Australia with over $2 million on offer across two fantastic days in May. Highlighted by the Darley Scone Cup and the Group 3 Emirates Park Dark Jewel. With fashions on the field and Bjorn again live after the last race on Saturday, it's the Country Cup Carnival not to be missed. The Darley Scone Cup Carnival, May 12 and 13. For hospitality packages and tickets, go to sconeraceclub.com.au. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Did you know Guzmani Gomez is opening over 30 new restaurants this year? Their $5 opening days are legendary. You've got to come. Look up hashtag GYG Did You Know for more. Garamundi, a crash at Springwood Road near Hillcrest Road closed, heading in both directions. Redfern Utility Works are closing Redfern Street, going both ways between Chalmers Street and Pitt Street. Looking pretty good this morning on the run into the Sydney Royal Easter Show. No delays on the M4, Homebush Bay Drive, Lancove Road and Parramatta Rose. Casual speeding is the biggest cause of death and serious injuries on New South Wales roads. Let's all stop being so casual about it. Casual speeding. Every K counts. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Sydney today, partly cloudy, heading for a top of 26 degrees. Melbourne, early rain, then showers and 17. Lovely sunny day in Brisbane, top of 30 degrees. Perth, showers and 23. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 18 degrees. Rain is easing for Hobart, top of 16. Darwin, 32 showers and possible storm there in Darwin today. And for Canberra, showers, a top of 16. To turn, defensive to attack. Johnson has come in. It's one time, baby. How about it for John Rahm? Rahm wins the Masters Marathon. There we go, man. Man for the line. They've done it again. Oh, this is exquisite. Reese Walsh. It's a chance for Wachara. Absolutely incredible. Dongo Wachara with his first goal for Bournemouth in the fifth minute of stoppage time. Cleary's there again. He wants it now. The strike He's is kicked it. Good He's kicked it. Cleary has done it again. Nathan Cleary wins it for Penrith in golden points. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Big final hour coming up very shortly. Cam McInnes from the Sharkies will join us after their big win on Friday night. Tanya with the sports update. Phil Buzz Roth will be on a little later in this hour to talk all things NRL. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on the open line. 135353 SMS 0419-767272. Dino, certainly concerns about the magic round has fired up the text line, hasn't it? Yeah, there's lots of different variations on what they could do. Some are suggesting uh, the Gabba. Uh, there's another text here saying, let's put it back six weeks. When you get into origin. You clearly you? can't do yeah. that. That's in the middle of the state of origin. There's no clear answer, Ray. Mm. Uh, 
Another one saying, delay it. The airlines and hotels would come to the party. We don't know that. They may not come to the party. At the moment, Ray, I just think there's only one option. We have to go ahead with it at mm. Suncorp Stadium and just hope that the playing surface holds up. And yeah. if that torrential rain comes pre-event... Were, were you there last year, Dino? Uh, yes. Could, uh, was it the year before? Uh, I can't remember now, Ray. I remember it was the last year before when it, when it had a fair bit of rain and the ground seemed to hold up okay. What happens is, Ray, and I won't complicate the old mm. issue, cooch grass is grown in summer and it is rolled out for the start of the year. Right. Then they bring in rye grass, which is a winter grass. They cut the cooch grass mm. virtually in half and they put the rye on top of it. When that happens, you'll get a sandy effect. You've done your homework, Yeah, you? and it looks a bit brown. But at the moment, a lot of the grounds are caused the same. Okay. We saw some up at Newcastle yesterday. I think they're going through that transition right now. From the, the cooch to the rye. To the, the rye, rye, which makes in. it yeah. so slippery. But it doesn't matter how you get to slippery, Ray. If it's slippery, we don't want players getting injured, clearly. It, it, exactly, yeah. The extraordinary thing, though, is Magic Round does work, and it's a fantastic concept. And I dare say the players enjoy playing it. We'll ask our next guest, Cam McGuinness, from the Sharks, who's been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Cam, a lot of discussion about Magic Round, but as a player, what is Magic Round like, and do you look forward to that, that weekend away in Brisbane? Hey, guys. First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, with Magic Round, it's um, been lucky enough to play in a few of them, and um, yeah, it's good. Like Obviously, as a player, you're pretty dialed into what you need to do, and there's a bit of distraction with other teams around, but um, you know, with all the fans in, in the streets and things like that, it's uh, there's a good buzz around, which is which is always nice to be a part of. So um, yeah, as players overall, we you know we enjoy it. That's for sure. Hey Cam, Accor and Suncorp are having issues with um, turf and, and footing. Do you guys talk about that? Do you know what's going to happen when you go out there? Does it play on your mind a little bit, knowing that there's potential injury there, or do you just try to block that out? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. As players, you don't really ever want to want to speak about uh, you know mm. sort of injury potential. The only thing we obviously speak about is um you know when there's a bit of rain about what what studs you're wearing, whether it's metal or or molded. Some guys um, change it up, but um, yeah, mate, it's never it's never too big a factor. Like we all we all train, uh, you know, um, throughout the year, and there's heavy periods of rain and. For the most part, fields are good, but sometimes they're not in the best condition. But um, you, know, you just get on with it. Like injuries can happen, and you know it's it's easy to blame the surface, but sometimes you, you know it's going to happen anyway. So yeah, no, no point thinking too much about it. No, fair enough. Hey Cam, we'll talk about some positives because there was so much to take if you're a Sharkies fan out of Friday night's game, which was a terrific game to watch. Sharks 22, Roosters 12. How important was it for the team to bounce back from what would have been such a, a devastating loss to the Warriors, 32-30? When you led 20-0, you had 12 days between games. What, what are the playing group, what, what, what do the players say amongst each other going into that Roosters game? Yeah, it was a, it was a great um, you know, response for us. Mm. And um, yeah, coming off, off the bye there, um, you know, there was a few days there of you know, that sort of sick feeling you get after a loss. Um, stuck around a bit longer because usually you're under the next one pretty quick but um, it was a good opportunity for us to you know speak about things because we've had a couple uh, you know strong performances but just a lot of inconsistency to start the season so 
sort of looked at and what we were doing well and there was a lot of positives and just a few areas to fix up and I thought we did that on uh on Friday night. So that was the, the um the positive and now it's about uh, you know, backing that up and, and holding that level, which is um you know, that's our next task. Cam Nico Hines he sent the benchmark last year, he's picked it up this year from virtually round one. Geez, in dynamic form, isn't he? What does he bring to you? On the field and off the field as a club, yeah, mate. He's um, yeah, he's he's gone outstanding for us, and he, he works number one off the off the field or you know on the training park. He, he works really hard, and um, he wants to he wants to do well. I know a lot, a lot of players want to do well, but he, he puts that work in, you know, to to be the best player he can be. And he's a great talker, and um, he's just a footy player. Like on the field, you know, you know, taking those short sides and quick taps. He's just he's always thinking you know what what can he do um going after the game and um you know if we all do you know do our bit and you know in the middle um defend well and things like that where you know we know we have guys like him in the team that can make something happen so uh yeah very lucky to have him yeah cam you mentioned defense i don't think there's any issue about the sharks attack we know um you guys can score tries and plenty of them but the first six rounds of 2023 season, I think defence has been, is it fair to say, of some concern, but there were really good signs on Friday night against the Roosters that especially the goal line defence was outstanding. It was more like the Sharks of 2022. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. That's the, um, that, that goal line defence is, mm. that's sort of been the, you know, the thing that we've been most disappointed with because, and those sort of, um, you know, defending after er- errors or penalties, you know, um, you know, when we're in that middle of the field, um, hasn't been too many, you know, line breaks from that area. It's just when we're letting them down in there, we haven't been resilient enough. And um, you know, the other night was a was a step in the right direction with that. Um, so that, yeah, definitely, we know we can score points, and our our attacks. Um, we've got some, you know, some players with a lot of flair in the side, but we just need to make sure that we're fronting up on the other side of the ball and, um, yeah, complementing that. Cam, just give us an insight, if you would, into your coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. What's he like away from football and how does he build the culture that you seem to have uh, built at Shark Park? Yeah, so he's um he's a quite a, a bit of a paradox. He's quite a cruisy guy, yet um, intense as well in that, you know, around his footy and, um, you know, how, how he wants us to play and, and things like that. But he's also... You know, uh, very cruisy. And the, the thing about him is, is yeah, which is great, is you just have conversations with him about about um, life and things that aren't to do with footy, which I think is very important. You know, when you're having interactions with coaches, it's good to to be able to just you know chew the fat about about life and not always have to be about um, you know work. So, but you know, he, he puts a lot of um, puts a lot of work and effort into making sure that we we get around each other and. Uh, create create that energy and have a good working environment, but uh, make sure that we're um you know we're putting the work in as well. So um, I can't explain how he does, and that's why he's you know he's such a good coach. And there's only a select few that can do it, but um, he has the formula. So <laughs> keep it going. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. You spoke about energy, Cam. I was watching the game on Friday night. The energy coming through my television set from the crowd, eleven thousand four hundred eighty nine there at Shark Park. You guys must feed off that because it was electric that atmosphere. Yeah, mate, it was, and, that, and that's why we've, we've been a bit frustrated. Our first two games, that, um, 
you know, at home we haven't we haven't done our bit because yeah. the fans. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty unique place to play, and we're pretty uh, really lucky really to to have that. Um, and we need to be able to use that. And and on on Friday night we did, and the fans have been great the first two rounds. Out there in numbers, you know, giving us that support. But um, yeah, we want to make sure we repay them because you know, Shark Park can be a tough place for opposition to mm. play but as a fan it's probably not the best place to stand and watch either really but they all pack in there they enjoy it <laughs> that's exactly right so um yeah no we'll, we're very happy to be able to give them a show on friday as well cam yourself you're, you're hard working you're, you're tough resilient where do all those traits come from <laughs> uh, i'm not sure mate i old, old man used to speak to me when i was real little talk about um you know Defense is the most important things in that, and sort of stuck with me. And sound advice, um, yeah. And um, you know, we got in in our team. Just uh, there's so many you know players with so much ability with the ball in hand that um, you know my my job is to to you know do some of those other things that myself and some of the other players, and that that's what makes a team. And um, if we can get that balance right, um, like we're speaking about before defensive side of the ball, you know the there's a lot of potential for us, so we just need to make sure we we all do our role in that area, and then um, let let those guys like Nico and that shine. What's that old saying, Cam? Defense is the best form of attack. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so and I, in, in terms of like the attack numbers and that, we you know leading into this round, I think we would have been in the top two or three, but running twelfth on the ladder, so that just shows it, doesn't it? Yeah, no. uh, how important it is. So. Yeah. And just on that point, um, I know we probably the media people like myself and Dino say it probably too often, but this season I think it does ring true. It's it seems like the competition is really close, closer than probably I can ever recall. If you're not on your game a hundred percent, you're going to get beaten in this competition. Yeah, definitely. And I think like yeah, as as a player, you, we just sort of focus on on that each game. But I just think, as a fan, how how good is that that? Yeah. Any team can beat anyone, and you know you don't have your three or four teams that are just way out out in front. But you know, as a player, definitely it may, you know means that every week you need to bring your best, and your attitude needs to be in the right place because um, you know, I know there was talk with the 17th team, would there be enough talent? But I think it's it's clear that there is for sure. So Absolutely, yeah. it's really good for the game. But yeah, as a player, you just got to you got to be on every single week, and um, it's a good thing as well, though. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, as a footy fan, it's just been great to watch. Hey, Cam, you had your win on Friday night. Great for the club. What do you do over the weekend? Are you, are you a footy nut? Do you watch other games? Oh, I watch a little bit, but I've got two young young kids You're that busy are then. ruling <laughs> the house. And, um, yeah, cartoons on TV if, if the TV is on. So, yeah, it's good, mate. It's, it's good. Get a good win, and there's always that good feeling over the weekend, and mm. gets me back to reality as well, though. got two little bubs that don't care what happens on Friday. They they, they need the attention Saturday, Sunday. So, no, it's good. No, it's perfect life balance. Hey, look, Cam, really appreciate you taking your time out to join us on a Sunday morning. Congratulations on the Sharks so far. They're going well, and I know Sharks fans will be looking forward to that clash. Next next up, it's the Bulldogs next Saturday night. So best of luck with that game too, Cam. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Cam. There's Cam McInnes joining us from the Sharkies. And you're right, Danny. He's one of those resilient, tough players that every – team needs that you can just put him in the centre of the ruck and he'll do his job for you. He's a bit old school Cam McGuinness. I like the way he gets about his work. He has work. ball skills too. Though. He does, yeah. yeah. But he's no fanfare, there's no fuss, there's no glamour. It's just, you know, he's the guy that sets up 
for the glamour players. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always going to be someone who uh, who digs the well, as they say. Exactly. And Cam McGuinness is one of those blokes, but really nice young bloke too. Did you used to dig the well when you were playing, Dino? I didn't dig. I was one of the glamour players. Where? They yeah. dug the well for me. I was on the fringes of the ruck. wasn't in the ruck. <laughs> hey, <laughs> before we move on, Ray, just yeah. another valid point here. I've just mm. lost it here. No, here. Phil from Newey. What about the Women's World Club? That's also being played up there at Suncorp Stadium. So yeah, that's a good point. Moving yeah. ahead, I think the same problems are going to potentially rear up again mm. uh, in terms of uh, yeah, the women's looming Women's World Cup. You know, quick one. This is Steve from Rudy Hill. He keeps hearing that Nathan Cleary, or people saying that Nathan Cleary is overrated. Last night's game, plus the two-point field goal against Parramatta, shows the guy is a freak. Wish he was playing for my dragon, Steve from Rudy Hill. I think there's probably 15 other clubs that wish Nathan mm. Cleary was on their books. Craig's text in too, Ray, mm. with a screen grab. Uh, gold reserve seats, which are good, mind you. Parramatta, Canterbury today. Family of four, $310. Yeah. You have parking, a bit of petrol, some food. You yeah, won't get much change out of 400 did, bucks, right? And it's did a you lot say of money. that game's close to being pretty... I understand it'll be pretty close to being a sellout. Yeah, that's anyway, a lot of money, though. Like 400 bucks for a family. Yeah, it's still, that's the supply equals demand. We better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Skipped breakfast. John O'Shea joining us. How do you go with someone like Hugh Bowman? Do you let him do his thing or are you still speaking to him and treating him like any other jockey? How do you go with that? I'm not a big instruction guy anyway. I like instructions about as much as you like wedding cake, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. The event golfers love is here. The Drummond Golf Master Sale. TaylorMade M4 irons, 4 iron to sandwich, just 768. Save 264. Triumph Outset 2 buggies, save 167.95. Callaway ERC white triple track balls, save $15 on a 12 pack. And Callaway MD5 wedges, just 158. Save 91.95. The Drummond Golf Masters Sale. Shop in store or online. Experience city-class racing country style at the Darley Scone Cup Carnival. It's the richest country racing carnival in Australia with over $2 million on offer across two fantastic days in May. Highlighted by the Darley Scone Cup and the Group 3 Emirates Park Dark Jewel. With fashions on the field and Bjorn again live after the last race on Saturday, it's the Country Cup Carnival not to be missed. The Darley Scone Cup Carnival, May 12 and 13. For hospitality packages and tickets, go to sconeraceclub.com.au. There's a new place to get it all on tap. And it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. The beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Giga kicks a stunning the run, went up with Zaki. Giga kick and Zaki, two lengths away, then a band of snatching Cascadian. But Giga kicks got a strong kick, and he goes home in the group one, a big winner. Giga kick by two lengths in the all eight stakes. Zaki trying to cling on for second in a photo with Cascadian. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Giga kick outstanding yesterday. His first Group 1 win. Our next guest, his first Group 1 as a trainer. Clayton Douglas is on the line. Clayton, good morning. He's some horse, Giga kick, Clayton. 
he he seems seems just like he just keeps going to the next level. He, he, he does. He, his Everest win was outstanding, but but yesterday he's he's just got this extraordinary finishing surge, and I, I think it's fair to say, Clayton, and probably I don't know if you want to comment on this, but there's been a changing of the guard in our sprinting rank. So I wish I win and and Giga Kick are now they're the top dogs now. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, obviously, um, you know we've. You know, he just keeps going to the next level, giggy kick, and you've seen what um, I wish I win did the other day. It was a phenomenal win by him as well. So, um, like you say, they're both two high-class gallopers, and, um, yeah, they're going to be competing against each other for a a few years to come, hopefully. Yeah, well, injury-free, both geldings, their futures on the racetrack. The one thing I can't get my head around, though, Clayton, is his giga kick at his ninth start. He's still a three-year-old. He does things like he's been around forever. Is he a sensible horse? Is he is he a mature horse? He is, yeah. He's very, um, you know, to be able to travel the way he does, um, away from home, he can come up to Sydney and race as good as he does. He's he's a very sensible style of horse, and he's a, he's a lovely horse to have around the stable. He's really kind, and um, he's just got the great, just got a great attitude. So. Mm. Um, for me, it's, it makes my job much easier. Clayton, surely an Everest slot holder will pick up Giga Kick now? Yeah, I would say so. Um, <laughs> no doubt we'll, uh, we'll, that'll be, no doubt there'll be a bit of interest and, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll be, we won't have any trouble getting into the race after yesterday's effort, I wouldn't think. Yeah, absolutely. Where to next, Clayton? Yesterday, you, you, you said the Doombin 10,000 was a possibility. How has Giga Kick pulled up? And any more thoughts about one more run this season? Yeah, look, he ate up last night. He seemed really good this morning. Um, very, very good, actually. He's, um, yeah, he, look, I hadn't taken too much out of him. So um, I'm not going to make that call just yet. Just mm. wait. Um, just have a look at him over the week and get a saddle back on him in the next couple of days and um, just see how he is in himself and if we look like we'll go to Doom and well that we will if not he'll he'll just he'll stay in the paddock and have a break so um, I'll probably know the next sort of seven to ten days as to what what I'm going to do with him going forward. I understand you said to me yesterday Clayton and I could see where you're coming from this horse you could train him to win a Cox Plate if you wanted to but he's just so brilliant and the prize money and that speed that he's got, the prize money in sprint races, there's no need to stretch him out over too fur- too much further. No, nah, there isn't, definitely not. And obviously, when you do stretch him over a bit further, you've got to put a bit more pressure on him too in training. So um, just why he's still a, still a three-year-old and mm. still doing what he's doing, there's no reason to change the wheel at this stage. He's, he keeps just stepping up to the plate and... Um, like you say, there's a lot of a lot of prize money to be won around the around the twelve fourteen hundred meter mark, and um, it was good to see him tick that box for the fourteen hundred meter yesterday. So, you know, obviously there's an option option like the Golden Eagle, mm. um, which has run after the, the Everest, and he's now proven that he can he can run a strong fourteen. So, fifteen hundred shouldn't seem too much of a problem. Exactly, yeah. And just finally, Clayton, your jockey's been there and done that all over the world, Craig Williams. He's been a champion rider for a couple of decades now, and he's ridden his fair share of tough, uh, top-class racehorses and, indeed, champions. He said yesterday this, this three-year-old is freakish. What does he say to you? 
Yeah, look, he's, you know, even when Craig won on him, um, his first stakes race down in Melbourne in the Vane Stakes, where he comes from a long way back to run down um, Alpha 1. So he said to me that day, he said, God, he wasn't entitled to win. Um, had to reel off some serious sectionals and always been massive praise for the horse. And, um, you know, obviously he, he missed riding the Caulfield Cup to go up and ride him in the Everest. So, you know, he's got a massive opinion of the horse and he's he's been really rewarded with being able to ride a Group 1 winner on him yesterday. Yeah, no, he's an exciting horse to watch, that's for sure. And the good news is, as you said, Clayton, we'll get to enjoy Giga Kick for Touchwood a, a number of years to come. Congratulations on your first Group 1. I'm sure it's the first of many and we'll wait and see what your plans are with Giga Kick going forward. Thank you very much and thanks for having me on the show. Terrific. Thanks so much. There, there's Clayton Douglas, trainer Giga Kick. He's doing a great job with that horse, Dino, because he's getting pulled ev every which way, but he's got his focus, he's got his plans, he's stuck to him, and he's getting it right. He's a star. Coming up next, Tanya with a sports update. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. At a sold-out Seabus Super Stadium last night, Brisbane went on a second-half NRL rampage with four tries in 16 minutes to beat the Gold Coast 43-26. The Titans held the lead at 14-6 after 32 minutes. Plenty of tension in the Newcastle-Penrith game in Newcastle with the game locked at 15 all after 80 minutes. Nathan Cleary broke the deadlock 40 seconds into Golden Point and kicked the winner, Penrith 16, Newcastle 15. And the Warriors 22 beat North Queensland 14. Today, Canberra plays in Georgia Lawara at 2 and Parramatta is home to Canterbury at 4.05. The West Tigers have the bye. Giga Kick proved why he is the early favourite for the Everest and Golden Eagle with a stunning fast finishing win in the all-age stakes yesterday at Royal Randwick. Trainer Chris Waller completed the stable's juvenile triple crown clean sweep when Militarise won the Champagne Stakes. Over at Ascot, Sydney sprinter Overpass, trained by Bjorn Baker, won the inaugural Quokka over 1,200 metres, fighting off the fast finishing local favourite Amelia's Jewel. Meanwhile, Corak Grambler won the Grand National at Aintree overnight. At the AFL Gather Round in a wet Adelaide last night, Port Adelaide kicked the last four goals of the match to beat the Western Bulldogs 72-56, Brisbane 152 over North Melbourne 77, and an upset with Essendon 104 defeating Melbourne 77, the win elevating the Bombers to second on the table. With their Super Rugby Pacific season just hanging on, the Waratahs recorded an important win last night at Allianz Stadium, their first in five matches, defeating the Western Force 36-16. The Chiefs 33 beat the Hurricanes 17 and the Reds 40 over Moana Pacifica 28. In the Women's A-League semi-final yesterday, Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City played a three-all draw. Victory went on to win the penalty shootout 4-1. Today, Sydney FC play Western United in the other semi. In the men's game, the Wanderers have all but locked in a top-four spot after a 2-1 win over Melbourne Victory. The Central Coast and Melbourne City played a one-all draw. The Giants have made it back-to-back -back Super Netball wins for the first time this season after defeating Collingwood 59-55, while a consistent Adelaide Thunderbirds beat the Melbourne Vixens by 11, 61-50. 
Manchester City is edging closer to ladder leaders Arsenal in the English Premier League after a 3-1 win over Leicester overnight. City sits on 70 points while the Gunners are on 73. In other results, Aston Villa 3, Newcastle 0, Chelsea 1, Brighton 2, Everton 1, Fulham 3, Southampton 0, Crystal Palace 2, Wolves 2-0 over Brentford, Tottenham 2, Bournemouth 3. After an 8-under 63 this morning, Englishman Matt Fitzpatrick leads after the third round of the US PGA Tour event in South Carolina. At 14-under, he is one ahead of Patrick Cantlay, who is one ahead of Jordan Spieth, who is one ahead of a group of five, which includes Scotty Scheffler. Cam Davis, best of the Aussies, in a tie for ninth at minus 10. Meantime, Aussie Grace Kim is in a tie for third. She's at 9-under, two off the lead during the final round of the LPGA event in Hawaii. And at the Monte Carlo Masters Tennis, Andre Rublev and Holger Rune advanced to tonight's final after semi-final wins overnight. Novak Djokovic had a meltdown in his match. He is the top seed for the tournament and this was in a round 16 or round of 16 match. He was beaten 6-4 in the third set by Italian Lorenzo Massetti. But there was a shot which the umpire, the chair umpire had called in. Mm. He called it out. In fact, he got her down onto the court to show her the mark on the clay where the ball um, hit. She said it was still out. She thought it was out. They sh- it was been shown on the replay to be in. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. So he wasn't real happy, um, Novak. He went back to his chair at one stage. He... Um, grabbed a racket, put his foot through it um, and hit it with such force that it got wedged into the clay <laughs> and he had to wiggle it to um, to get it out. What, what about Medvedev? Did you see him? I think it was was Medvedev, was it? No, that, that, that was Djokovic, but Medvedev asked the umpire to move because he was going to smash the ball into the wall. Oh, well, no, no, that, that's what I mean. I thought it was Medvedev. I, I thought it was a ball boy. Oh, ball boy or linesman yeah, told him to move and he ex- smashed the ball. Excuse me, I just need yeah. to let off some frustration here. At least he asked nicely. Some of them don't, do they? Yeah. Um, now, this one is in the under the banner of has the world gone mad? In fact, it's the AOC this time that's mm. gone mad. Um, they plan to, this is for the Paris Olympics next year, they plan to boot the athletes out of the village 48 hours after their event, which, is, which is just... It's just ridiculous. Sorry, Tan, you've lost me there. But based on what? What, what, okay. what is the reasoning for so, that? Uh, so oh, the reason is... Pretty back, lame excuse. Yeah, yeah, at Tokyo in 2021, the Australian team did so well. And you remember that they had to leave the village within 48 or 24, 48 hours after their event because of COVID. And then they had to go into two weeks quarantine when they got back. Now, because the team did so well, um, they want to continue with that trend. They want to crack down on the party culture of the Australian contingent and have that more subdued um, contingent, mm. which um, was in Tokyo. But it was because of COVID. That was the reason why. Yeah. Um, and so the Olympic th- experience, Tim. That's what it's all about. Themselves. So yeah. they want to create the team's Tokyo fo- focus moving forward. Now, that is just so it's so it's upsetting unfair. for the athletes. Now, um, James Magnuson and Gian Rooney are leading the call. Um, for the athletes to say, you know, appeal to the AOC. So mm. you just can't do this. It's just ridiculous. Simon Orchard, who has represented Australia at the Kookaburras um, in hockey in two Olympics, he said the administrators have missed the point yep. about the importance of athletes getting the experience of village life. Mm. It reeks of a decision of people who don't understand the significance of being in that environment. You work so yeah. hard and to get to the Olympics, and that is as p- much a part of the experience, well, is the Kelly, village life. Kelly McEwen, who won two golds for Australia in Tokyo, she said one of the reasons that she's continuing in the sport is to go to Paris and to have that full Olympic experience, what other Olympians speak about. And, you know, they train four years for that, those two weeks or their particular event 
let them enjoy themselves afterwards. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Tell you what, you'd go hard in that 48 hours, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true, true, yeah. You have. But um, let's that's just unfair. hope yeah. Yeah, that they see that that's just think, so unfair. What, what do they say? Tan, they didn't read the room, I don't think. The didn't AAC read the room. No, I think they're just learning that <laughs> now. Exactly. Thanks so much, Tan. Thanks, Tan. We'll take a quick break and then coming up after the break, Phil Bosworthville will join us. Skipped breakfast. Morning, Gutho. Who's in charge of the music at the Eels? Definitely not me. I try and stay away. Too much pressure when the music's on. Uh, someone like Fox doesn't care what people think, so <laughs> uh, he just chucks whatever he wants. Is it the big the speaker? Point. Do you have the big speaker too, Gutho? Uh, we've got it in the gym. We don't take it to games. Back in 2018, when it was sort of becoming a thing, we lost every single game, so that got canned pretty quick. <laughs> so we haven't brought the speaker back, but... Um, in 18, we gave it a try, and as I said, we lost pretty much every game, so uh, went out the window pretty quickly, but uh, pretty common these days. The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. Where do you go for all the biggest and best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue? Totally Workwear Bridalmere. With the temperature cooling, now is the time to get in store and check out the massive range of pants, jackets and jumpers. Just what you need to keep warm this winter. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Bridalmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. The event golfers love is here, the Drummond Golf Master Sale. Save $57.95 on Golf Buddy Voice 2 GPS, now $132. Tourage Bazooka 370 Golf Package, $728. Save $341. Callaway Chevy's Men's Shoes, $98. Save $51.95. And Srixen AD333 Golf Balls 12-pack, just $18.95. The Drummond Golf Master Sale. Shop in-store or online. For all the best in racing and the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via Bellingen, 87.6 FM. Ningen, 99 FM. Lake Cargelico, 87.6 FM. And Mara 103.7 FM. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, Ray, mm. I'm talking about Garlow's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlow's pies are simply bursting with flavour and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking and grab a Garlow's family pie for the whole crew. They are available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for Garlow's Pies by name. Garlow's Pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. So away they go, clean start, Henderson got away, okay, Watson began really well, back to Pasquale, Hastings, O'Dwyer starting to move, Berridge in the red, O'Dwyer starting to move forward, looks like she's going to be the winner here, Pasquale, Pasquale gets up and turns the tables on O'Dwyer. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. As I said, this magic round debate is really chimed up. Here's one, no name here. Hey, boys, just chiming into the surface debate. Most of the grounds are looking a bit average at the moment due to the seeding of ryegrass. I can guarantee Suncorp will be looking a million dollars come magic round. Has some faith in us. Greenkeepers, there you go, Dino. Yeah, look, I know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm sure they do, Ray. I'm sure they do. But if you've got traffic, continually on that ground it's a bit hard for the green keepers it's not their fault mm. 
but the traffic is going to keep going on Suncorp through League, Union and A-League right up until Magic Round. So, yes, I have faith in the Greenkeepers, but you know their hands are tied to some degree as yeah. to how much work they can do. True. And here's one from Tim from Canberra. Bulldog, the club CEO, using the hotel occupancy analogy, is playing with himself. There are no games Monday to Wednesday to compare with. It's pure greed. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe so, Ray. It's a hard one, isn't it? It is, yeah. If you're in the business, you want to make money. I guess that's what they're doing. Um, someone says, what does Ray think about democracy manifest? His win yesterday, 13 to 1 chance in a strategy. He's a pretty good horse, democracy manifest, and um, he's got a really good turn of foot, Dino, and that's the key to this horse. He's capable of going um, to much greater heights than a benchmark race, and I dare say he'd be a really good lightweight chance. Um, in a strad break. Mitchell texts in from Fairlight Ray about our talk topic, strange moments in sport. One incident that shocked myself was watching the touring cars and seeing Tony Longhurst punch a fellow racing driver through the window. I think I remember <laughs> yeah, that, right? It was quite bizarre, was it Bathurst, wasn't it? I think, was it? Was it at Bathurst? Don't they wear helmets? Yeah, yeah. So was punching it? someone in the helmet probably wouldn't be that good for your hand, would it? This one I don't know. Dino, you might know it. Ian from Mount Gravatt. What about Fonda Matassa? Is that right? Being stretched off in a Brisbane rugby league game and then jumping out the back door of the ambulance and rejoining the game. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> and Mike Clayton. Morning, guys. This is from Milkman. Yes. Golfer Mike Clayton was riding a putt into the hole, lost control of his emotions, falling, making contact with the ball. And incurring the appropriate penalty. Uh, good stuff. Mike Clayton, good stuff. Phil Buzz Rothfuss on the line. Buzz, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, Bulldog, you upsetting some Newcastle Knights fans I see on social media? Oh, they're just being clowns, that's all. They're, wait, they're waiting for me to block them, but I won't block them. What have you done, Dean? Well, it's some bloke who runs a, a, a podcast which four people listen to and he keeps using my Twitter <laughs> feed to try to boost <laughs> his numbers. Yeah, they're having a good year. Didn't they have a great gig yesterday? Should have won, Buzz. Good game, Who would have thought at the start of the year, and this is why this comp's so great, that the Newcastle Knights would take Penrith to Golden Point? Mm, Yeah, at the start of the year. And that is why the television ratings are blockbusters. uh, It really is, and the crowds. Buzz, you had some figures. What, What were they in terms of ratings increases? Well, the crowds for a start, Bulldog, are up 30%. Wow. Year on year. Um, Fox Sports ratings are up 22.7% and Channel 9 are up 7.8%. So the stats are backing up what we're saying. Yeah, my view and, you know, people and dog, I know you get upset about all these sin bins and things, but people are just so attached emotionally to this competition because the gap between the top eight and the bottom eight has has narrowed so substantially. It's a really good point. Every time, yes. every time you turn the footy on, guys, you get a contest. Yeah, really good point you make, Buzz. We had Cam McInnes on earlier. I don't know if you listened, but I asked him about that. And I know in the media we can sometimes say, oh, it's the closest comp ever. But it is this year, isn't it, Buzz? 2023, um, if you're not on your game, you're going to lose. Um, the Tiger's probably the... One exception, but they've gone close a couple of times. But it, yeah. some, some of the contests have been extraordinary. Yeah, but dog, what about the Roosters? Like on paper, they are entitled to win this competition, even over Penrith, I reckon, with that side. Um, 
they're certainly entitled to be thereabouts. But they've lost their last two games to Cronulla and Melbourne. And it's their discipline. And until they get... and, and that, But that's a good thing about this comp, that a great side on paper like that can get rolled. And Penrith almost said yesterday, it's so exciting. Every game I just watch and enjoy. But what seems, you're, so, you're a bit dirty on the sin bins? Or? Oh, yeah, I was. I thought some of the sin bins on Friday, as I said this morning, they wouldn't have burst a pimple, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah. And they're putting people yeah. in the bin. It's just totally over the top. It's an overreaction. It's referees who have got no feel for the game. It's the bunker sticking their nose in where it's not necessary. But, dog, the, the problem is they're only following their instructions from Peter Volandis, Graham Annesley, Andrew Abdul, and they've been told to do this. And unlike previous crackdowns, I don't think they're going to back off this time. Buzz, you go on to social media, though. Everyone's the same. They're over this nitpicking but, 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 PC but how crap. Do you, how do you say that, but then they come straight back to the NRL, look at our ratings, yeah. look at our crowds. Sellouts everywhere. Brookvale, Cronulla. Gold Coast. The Titans had a sellout last night. I said this morning, Great. despite the refereeing and bunker, yeah, it's still yeah, a wonderful, yeah. wonderful product. He has has been absolutely fantastic. Hey, Buzz, in your column today in the Sunday Telly, wasn't Lewis... a bad column today, Phil. It was okay. Oh, hang on, your Buzz is back this week. Well, I think it's rating better than last week, Ray. <laughs> but I'll get those. How do we know those back. figures? Well, you know it's easier to find the figures. Buzz can look, look at page up... views. Yes, pages. Thank you, Ray. Right. And I, you know why the column's up today? Because in media buzz today, there was a great insight into oh. the career of the world's nicest man, Ray Thomas. Oh. And Thomas. don't be embarrassed. Embarrassing, yeah. What did you reveal in there, Raymond? Well, I told Buzz, I don't think Buzz believed me. My first job was um, <laughs> at, at sports department at Big W, Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. What were you selling? Well, I was, I'm that old now. Because when I first started, you could actually sell... Yeah. Rifles and guns and ammunition over the counter. So you they were had access key, to firearms. Yeah, and I had to make it. I knew what I was talking <laughs> that about. That frightens me. Surely yeah. you had to get a driver's license to the person you're selling to, Ray. Uh, mate, the gentleman I work with, Lester, I can't remember his last name. Oh, damn. Anyway, he gave me a crash course. And this is how they work. Bang, bang. Oh, okay, serious. I had no idea. Then I had to try and sell these things. And a few months later, I, I joined the Air Force. Yeah, I had to yeah. actually fire the things, but... Yeah, no, it was, um, that's a long time ago, sadly, Buzz. That frightens me. Buzz, in your column, uh, yep. vastly and very, very well read, I should say, uh, what's the buzz? <laughs> what's this story about um, the English halfback who wants to play in the NRLs but has been told, don't join the West Tigers? What does this mean? Well, I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of Lewis Dodd. He's a 21-year-old St Helens halfback who... Played opposite Nathan Cleary in the World Club Challenge final. Not only matched Nathan Cleary, but kicked the winning field goal for his side. And he has told Mike Rush, the St Helens boss, that at the end of next season, he wants to leave the Super League and get a job in the NRL. He, like a lot of great English halfbacks have done over a long period of time. And they're, they're, I think it's really exciting to think he's coming out here but look Mike Rush is a real student of the game and the NRL and he has told the kid that he has to be choosy about his destination in the NRL and quite bluntly has said look the West Tigers is not the club for you and um which it's I damning guess, isn't it Buzz yeah yeah it, it, um he, he he thinks he should join a, a one of the stronger outfits in the club 
Look, the West Tigers were able to pick up Epi Corusau and Papalihi and um, players of that nature. But I think with their position on the ladder last year winning the Spoon, no wins from six games, it really illustrates the problem that Benji and Tim Sheens and Robbie Farrell are going to have rebuilding this club because mm. while they might be able to pay overs for footballers because their salary cap, I understand, is in reasonable shape, not just this young fella from England, but it helps you to, to, to play under strong coaching, the Trent Robinsons, the Wayne Bennetts, the, the, the Craig Bellamy's, et cetera. Helps you play rep football, helps you play finals. Yeah. Mm. But I thought it was a really indication, guys, good indication of the struggles the West Tigers are facing, not just on the field this year. Willow from Windsor's text in Buzz, and I think he's absolutely nailed this. Yep. The bunker is like a mother-in-law. Always sticking their nose in and getting involved. Perfect analogy. That is yeah. what I'm going to call the bunker from now on, the mother-in-law. Oh, gee. Yeah, but, you know, Dog, do you put... Look, they're or father-in-law down. in these yeah, times. Yeah. Look, Dog, yeah, good, good text. But, look, they're cracking down on taking out playmakers and they're cracking down on hip-drop tackles. So is it the referee's job to stop the crackdowns or was Craig Bellamy said about his own players the other night, what planet are they on to understand you can't do some of that stuff on a football field anymore? So the emphasis, do they have to meet each way? Do the mm. clubs and coaches and players have to work a bit harder to play within the rules? That's why Buzz is Buzz, Dino. Yeah, I, 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 don't know. It. No, I, I agree, Buzz. All, all I'm suggesting is some of those ones uh, at Brookvale were ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, it, 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 it wouldn't have popped a pimple. And you've got blokes yeah. not only being penalised, but put in the sin bin. And that yeah, can, look, that I, can and cost I teams a game. That, I, that was nearly my favourite game of the year at Bookvale. Mm. It was sensationally brutal, wasn't it? Yeah. It was um, and two teams that do not like each other one bit. And it's a, it's become one of the best rivalries in the NRL, dog. And, and even though there were bins, I enjoyed it immensely. Mm. Hey, Buzz, really liked your story today in the in your What's the Buzz column about Tim Simona, Blake Ferguson and Curtis Scott. They're playing in Group 6 and uh, it's just, it shows three men who still love their footy. Yeah, I think it's a nice story, Ray. And look, all three, it's those players have done stuff in the past that, that they would not be proud of. And particularly Curtis Scott with those very serious assault charges for his former partner. Um, Tim Simona as well and, and, and look Blake Ferguson's just a real colourful dude hasn't he he's mm. been in and out of trouble all his career but to see him they're on a thousand bucks a week they're playing for the Phil Miller Roosters in uh, I think it's country group six they are encouraging kids in that area to take up rugby league apart from three former NRL players they've got ten local juniors in the side which is a fantastic thing they're winning footy games they're contributing at training and on the field Blake Ferguson scored 28 points the other day, yeah, eight yeah. goals and three tries. I like it, Dom. Yeah, do so do I. I think a lot of players should go back to the bush after they finish. I think it's great for the game. It encourages um, young blokes in bush footy. We know bush footy is struggling. So, yeah, I, I, nothing but praise for those three blokes buzz now. And you, and you know what? Even someone like Curtis Scott, let's see, 25, 26 years ago, I don't want to see him get a life sentence. Mm. 
could you come, know, he could come back, couldn't he, Buzz? Yeah, look, look, I hope so, Ray. But look, the abuse of woman is intolerable. You know, it's mm. it's abhorrent. It's it's just not acceptable. Correct. But if he goes back for two or three years, he's got a day job now. He's working for an electrical cabling company. And if he Look, I bumped him at the coffee shop the other day and I found him a decent young man who's made mistakes in the past mm. with his lovely girlfriend. And Yeah, look, I, I hope he's, he's, he's not out of the NRL forever, to be honest with you. Buzz, what's Milo saying? Oh, Milo's blowing Milo, up. Milo, what's happened? Yeah, Milo, my 14-year-old cavoodle. He's a beautiful dog. Now, he's, Buzz, going about as, he's going about as well as me, Milo. So. I need to take you to task, Phil. Yeah, what are you going to take me to task about? Well, normally dog? the plug for this great show in your column is pride and joy up the top. Today yeah, I'm searching everywhere for it. I can't find it. And there it is. Yeah. Right down Under- the bottom, squeezed into the right-hand corner. It's a Underneath s- the Jack the Bellin story. Look, tantamount to a know, slap in the face for this beautiful show. As you know, Bulldog, I'm a foot soldier these days. So I don't <laughs> do production. I do what the bosses tell me and... Um, that's the way it goes, mate. I didn't well, next week, you guys. I'm hoping we might be able to just get a little bit further north. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's see. I'll have it, we'll have it out with Toddy Goodwin. You know, Toddy yeah, does a yeah, great job man. pulling those uh, two man. pages together. It's painstaking work every week, and good on him. Yeah, good man. Hey, Maybe Buzz, we need to get our mate Boo Bailey on the, to, to, to the design of the page. He can make a page sing. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, we're hey? right. No, Toddy Goodwin will stay there. <laughs> Bad yeah. <laughs> He'll be listening, mate. Exactly. We haven't got our text this morning, Scott, man, if you're listening. Hey, hey Buzz, I'll, I'll yeah. give you a chance to think about this. Our talk topic is strange things that have happened on the sporting field. And and Dino came up with it sort of after that Luai incident with the hair pulling last night in the in the Panthers-Newcastle game. Whilst you're having a think about strange things that you've yeah. seen on the, the sporting field. This has come from Brett from Cessnock. Good morning, guys. One day while playing cricket at Cessnock, the batsman on the opposing team, while batting, noticed the police turn up at the Oval. The batsman had a few outstanding warrants. After hitting a shot, he ran down the wicket and kept running off into the bush with the police in pursuit. Oh, yeah, good. That's hard to beat. You got one, Buzz? Oh, mate, I can't can't get near it. Neil, look, the strangest, funniest, most enjoyable thing I've ever seen is an NRL coach getting sent off. Oh, and gosh. that was the great Philip Ronald Gould at Cronulla when Billy Harrigan walked over to the bench, put his right arm up and ordered him to the sheds. <laughs> yes. That was strange, wasn't Penrith it? Penrith Cronulla down at Shark Park, wasn't it, Buzz? Do you remember that game? Oh, I certainly do. It was a big story it at the time. It was yeah. the best thing I've ever seen at any sporting <laughs> event ever. It was funny. I'll tell you one we haven't had, Ray, yeah. and you mentioned it off air, was mm-hmm. the great... Eric Cantona with the yes, Kung Fu kick. Yeah, oh, yeah, the that? Kung Fu kick. Ooh, yeah, that poor one. guy in the crowd copped yes, it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah um, that was amazing. Hey, Buzz, we It'd had... It'd make a good column, wouldn't it, something oh, like... Yeah. Oh, we've had Mike Tyson body in the year. We yeah. had the little pig with both of them written on it, Buzz. You could dress it up, Buzz. And you can get Bowie to help you. Remember that jockey, Ray, at Randwick? I think his name was Peter Losh, and he fell off the horse just before the finish line. Uh, was it Ray Selkrieg, by memory? Oh, Kembla Grange, yeah. I reckon. A horse yeah, called Hot I, I could Chocolate. Have it happened at Randwick, too. Yeah, it might have. I remember when Paul Blake Shin's pants went down. Remember that? Because <laughs> he was going past the winning post. <laughs> These things oh, can happen. Hey, Buzz, we've got a couple of games to complete this weekend's round. Raiders take on the Dragons at 2 p.m., 4.05 p.m., Eels and Bulldogs. How do you see them, mate? You know what I was talking about? These two games are, again, must watch television. 
because Canberra have given their fans new hope with that magnificent win last week. And Anthony Griffin's job is on the line this afternoon. If he wow. doesn't win this game, he's gone. That's my view, Bulldog. Yeah, certainly precious Manning. It was a bad loss for Hook last week up there at the Gold yeah. Coast. They should have won that one. Yeah. Every win for Hook at the moment is like a gold nugget yeah. in terms of alleviating yeah. some of this suffocating pressure. Yeah, I don't think he can come back from another loss against the side we're not expecting to make the top eight. Mm. Um, what else we got? We've got the Eels and the Bulldogs. Eels need another win desperately. The Bulldogs have been terrific. Big blow without Billy Kickout, so I'll tip the Eels to win there. Yeah, Eels have got to get their season started. We'll be there this afternoon, Buzz. Tanny will be desperate for Parramatta to get over the line. It'll be a great game, mate. It will be, yeah. Hey, Buzz, appreciate it as always. Enjoy your Sunday, mate. Good on you, guys. Say hello to Milo. There's Give him a snack. Buzz Rothfield. On our talk topics, um, Fitzy's chimed in. Strange incidents in sport. Racing at Appen Dogs. Halfway up the straight, a greyhound jumps the fence and runs over to his owners in the car park. (laughs) 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 I love it. This is is a nice one from Richard. Should I read it out? Yeah, it wraps us. Why not? Okay, thank you. (laughs) That wasn't the reason. I was just going to give Richard a plug. Thank you, Ray, Tanya and Dean, for the best program on radio. Always interesting, never boring. Best wishes, Richard. Good on you, Richard. Thanks, Richard. Very nice. Dino, out of time. We're done. Yeah. Another week. What, what, another um, three hours. What's the rest of the day look for you? No, I just have a hunt round for some stories. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on the footy. Just living the dream, right? Are you coming out to Combank this afternoon? I won't be there. I'll be watching that one on television. But that will be a I'll great game. I'll send you a text when we Please sit down. Please do. Coming up on Racing HQ with Grant Boyden. Graham White will preview the meeting at Gundagai. Gundagai Cup Day today. And Melinda Turner will look at Port Macquarie. The BSB is back tomorrow morning at 5.30. If you would like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Thanks so much for joining us over the last three hours. Been great fun. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport. Skipped breakfast. John O'Shea joining us. How do you go with someone like Hugh Bowman? Do you let him do his thing or are you still speaking to him and treating him like any other jockey? How do you go with that? I'm not a big instruction guy anyway. I like instructions about as much as you like wedding cake, buddy. The Big Sports Breakfast. Weekdays from 5.30 on Sky Sports Radio. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Remember, if you're going out drinking tonight, leave the car at home and plan ahead to get home safely. RBT means you need a plan B. If you're drinking, don't drive. Mount Cola, a motorcycle was crashed on Coringa Chase Road at Belmont Parade. Delays heading in both directions there. St. Andrews, there's a two-car crash on the Hume at the Campbelltown Road off-ramp. Southbound traffic affected in the shoulder. Redfern, utility works are closing Redfern Street, heading in both directions between Chalmers Street and Pitt Street. My car, Tyron Auto. The Tyron Auto experts that put people first. Call 13 13 28 or visit mycar.com.au to find your nearest store. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On Sky Sports Radio, you're listening to Racing HQ. Racing HQ. And now, a complete analysis of the form for today's major New South Wales race meetings. And a very good morning, everybody. Welcome to Racing HQ, a Sunday. Just following on from Ray and Bulldog, the strangest stories that come out of sport. I've got a great one from the racing industry. I'm sure Ray would know about this. A gentleman by the name of Les Boots, who was 
a South Australian apprentice jockey for many, many years, who has the unenviable record of 39 race starts for 40 falls. That's right, 39 race starts for 40 falls. What happened was he fell every time he rode. In fact, the local hospital used to put up a bed for him on race day just in case he had a fall. And once upon a time when he fell off, they put him in the back of the ambulance and he fell out of the back of the ambulance as well. That's how he got 39 starts for 40 falls. Hopefully things are a little bit better at Gundagai today.